cool. Also, because Aaron had dropped that little bit of alliteration, while I was urinating, I was sitting there thinking about a longer one, and I thought, uh, Peabody Poodles Academy of Properly Peaceful Peeing for Puppies. What the f*** is going on down there? Merry Christmas! Oh, it already happened. Well, uh, hi, welcome to WTF at TFW. It's episode 388. It's December 27, 2015, and I am joined by Aaron and TJ. Hi, Aaron and TJ. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is the final recording we're doing in 2015. And uh, how are you guys feeling about that? Aaron, Any anything uh, you're looking forward to in 2016? Do you feel 2015 went well? Uh, 2015 did all right. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it's good. It's, a, it's it's. I I survived, so it's good. Would you call it an upper shelf year? Yes, this is a good year. All right, got a whole, whole lot of stuff back on footing. It needs to be. Looking forward to great next year. Excellent. Uh, TJ, how about you? How was your 2015? Uh, considerably considerably better than my 2014. Hmm. At marked improvements. Uh, all my family is doing well, doing better than they were last year. I've got a a uh, good little flow over on my end going. So, yeah, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. All things considered, 2015, I think, went pretty okay for me. Uh, all things considered. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of positive stuff going on. And there's a lot of growth going on on the back of terrible stuff. But I don't know if it was, like, a year ruiner. It certainly is a, like, I can't say this is the toppest shelf year for certain. But, uh... As I'm hitting the end of it, it certainly is not a bottom shelf year. Uh, there have been far worse years, which I guess just speaks to how poorly I conducted myself in those years, <laughs> all things considered. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do one more new picture pick section for this year, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna pull some picks. Aaron, have you got a pick to pull? Um, uh, I just like pulled up the front page. I okay had a late christmas at mom i mean i got one that we can just launch into because i'm excited about it and i can i i saw skylinks and was super hyped um do you want to go dig up the link while i throw this one out yeah i've 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 got one right here oh, okay. of skylinks where we're, skylinks where we have our out of in package and some out of package shots yeah he's basically like he's in that stage where someone has him which means he'll probably be available in the next like month and a half yeah, uh, including the the like halfway transformation to have him be a lynx. It totally works. Yeah, it does. I mean, in my, in my it's more opinion, more like a like a griffin than a lynx, maybe because yeah, griffin's got some wings. But okay, sure, it's a winged lynx. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like griffin. Who's gonna start something with him? Are you gonna walk up to him and go like, I don't think you're really a lynx. He'll just eat you. Look, I don't, I don't think you're taking this whole sky lynx thing seriously. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yo, sky lynx. It counts for the wings. I mean, I'm just talking to your shoes because I just ate the rest of you, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I think he looks really cool. I think he looks like he's going to make for a good torso as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, that comes on the back of not having to kind of have an actual robot mode, but at the Skylinks modes, like both of the official and unofficial ones look great to me. Um, yeah. I don't... And, I, and I think this is a great place, w- uh, you know, seeing the this the way that it is you know not every transformer has to have a robot mode yeah it's it's really you know, cool this pulls it off quite well i i was uh really wondering how they were going to package him uh and it's it looks like he is kind of stuffed in there 
but uh, it, it works. Yeah, it's that that wonder of it's just a little bit too big for this and a little bit too big for that. We'll just I don't know, like halfway <laughs> transform him. Just spread him out so he looks majestic, kind of at a glance. No one will remember once they've opened him. Yeah. Um, well, how many de- how many deluxes have we gotten in the last year and a half or two years where it's mistransformed just to fit inside the bubble? Yeah, yeah, and look like a thing. I mean, Mastermind does in the third party realm. Mastermind does that a lot in order to fit a lot of their reformatted toys into the kind of uniform, not uniform box size, but uniform box like proportion. Mm-hmm. So, like anyone who has like long pointy feet, like a lot of these IDW bots, they're doing. They just kind of fold the feet up when they put them in there. Um, yeah, Skylinks is looking real good. I mean, Bruticus is is out and about right now. So yes, uh, Skylinks is probably going to be here by. I mean, I I would expect he's going to be here by January unless something really holds him up in shipping. By um, January, so in the next four days. Oh, before January comes around. Sorry, I meant, I meant by January in in the sense of in by January, like end of January. Yeah. Okay, the, the in oh maybe in by January. I, I'd say February, probably more likely. I guess. Well, I bet you in January. Bruticus, Bruticus is just showing up. I bet you in January, if you want to spend too much money, there will be a way to get him to your doorstep during January. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Um, TJ, how are you feeling about Skylinks? Um, considerably better than I was. Like seeing him I'd... from different angles and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm over the salt of oh, that should have been a new mold for Scattershot. Oh, it's it's, it's okay. Oh, Scattershot yeah, already got a somewhat new mold. Oh man. Don't don't let's not start. I want There's a little bit about that. Did either of you get him? I just want to know now. Scattershot. Yeah. yeah. You did? Okay, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Though. Did you not see my comparison photo between? Old torso and new torso. Oh right, I, I remember now. Did you then replied to me about? Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. <laughs> did you Did you see that? Did you see when that happened on on Twitter? Uh, I did. I was watching the Vandalist okay. account, and I was like, "Man, why is okay. this thing talking to him? I'm not even at the computer right now. It's weird." Um, yeah, I uh, I think Skylinks is looking real hot. You know who's not looking hot? Wheeljack and Smokescreen look terrible in robot mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are suffering, uh, and that's a shame. I mean, you know. Repro Labels is doing sticker sheets for everybody. This is basically <laughs> an open palette here. Like yeah. they, and, and I think a Repro Label sheet will do wonders for them because their heads look fine. It's just and it's <laughs> like, I can't tell if that Wheeljack has the, uh, who was that, Knockout that only got painted on one side? Really? Wasn't, wasn't that? Oh, I mean, I mean no, not where, where are you seeing that on Wheel? Oh, is it on his arm? Where oh, he's like posing with his hands on his yeah. hips? I don't know if like his one arm is maybe rotated 90 degrees from the other arm weird or what's going on there but yeah both of them in robot are, yeah <laughs> sure is a thing i mean hound and trailbreaker are fine because they still have they have placement you know like they have mm-hmm. the right um color placement everywhere hound's got that sweet fake belt buckle going on uh yeah those two guys just look like they showed up and like the show had already started and they were like but we we didn't get our second or third they're, coats of paint they're yet. doing they're they're like running down the hallway with a paint gun hold yeah. on hold on guys hold on um yeah they, they look sad <laughs> hopping on one leg uh the, the thing i liked seeing here which i guess i'd missed up until this point is it looks like Trailbreaker, as i understand it comes with a hand foot gun where in hand mode it's actually like a a three-fingered hand as opposed to a five-fingered hand uh, it's like it's got two big fingers. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, uh, for Wheeljack. Okay, my understanding is was... that the one. Yeah, well, I I'm looking yeah. at the photo with Wheeljack and smokescreen his arms, and he's doing like a roar pose. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like he's got a big square thumb and like 
shovel fingers. I, yeah, I thought I'd heard that that hand foot gun is, is the one that comes with Trailbreaker, like regardless it, of the arrangement. It on is. Here. It very. It, is. it very well could be. It's. I think it's supposed to. It's supposed to replicate the look of his. I believe either the light bar in truck mode or the shield emitter in robot mode. Yeah, I, I think that's super cool, and that's the thing that Combiner Wars I feel has kind of had one over on with uh, against Unite Warriors. Because Unite Warriors is trying to maintain symmetrical hands and feet, and in doing so has homogenized the hand-foot gun thing for a couple of figures now. Um, I'm probably one of maybe eight people who care, but it's a little a little tiny victory that I feel we kind of have over here on the North American side um, in the face of amazing box art or incredibly Look, creative Look, we got a neat hand-foot gun, so what or... if we didn't get any paint or story? <laughs> or like how friggin' much retooling on Devastator. Well, you know what? We got unique hand-foot guns. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Skyrain is, is really looking sharp to me. Um, I'm excited. I, uh, I've also come around a bit. I'm, I'm re-excited about Bruticus. I still don't really feel like going out of my way to get him when I... I as my understanding is that I am surrounded by him in Toronto. He just hasn't gotten to Toronto proper yet. But I saw some really good fixes for Brawl. I saw a fix recently for Brawl, which is take his legs off of the ball socket joints, rotate the waist 180, and put them back on. And apparently everything locks together better. Again, I don't have Brawl, so I haven't tried it. But that seems to be the fix for him right now. I hear someone getting Brawl. <laughs> uh, and the hand foot gun ah, shoot, thing away. missing. Oh, that'll be a, not a fun thing to look for. So what? You gonna give it a shot Rotate. right now? Yeah, it's live on live on camera. Yeah, basically just swap his legs, and apparently, like he, his his groin will not look very pretty, but apparently it locks together better. We'll find okay, out. So you're saying swap? So what you're saying is just basically the the gist of it is rotate the hips 180. And then just swap the legs around. And then he ends up stubby. He does. <laughs> you, lo you lose a bit. Like, he doesn't look and very nice. it's not nice. like there's something to lock it in there. You're just changing where that force is. Mm-hmm. Does it feel any better? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a ton of issues. There's a soft detent that catches it normally. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't given me any troubles. I just think that, I mean, I kind of wish that that had gotten another design pass, but yeah. rotating it 180 and then folding that up, I'm just doing it with the legs on the wrong side. Yeah, it. I mean, it still can fall back if you don't, and it doesn't even hold it near as well, I don't think, because you don't have that detent when you rotate that hip piece around. I got it. You don't you don't even get the grab of the detent that you get with it the proper way. I got to get a hold of that toy and just handle him myself. Um like that's that's now become the bigger reason why I want to get Brawl is I just want to like I don't know what anyone's talking about because it's so finicky. It's it's hard for me to understand even when it's being clearly described or shown to me in digital form. Like I need yeah. to handle the thing to to yeah, it's out. not not to bite off of my own what we got, but that definitely seems like something that needed another full engineering pass on it. Yeah, but it's definitely not not nearly. It's not bad. It's just not great. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, at least we know we won't have that problem with any of the Sky Rain guys. 
because we already know what they're like. Uh, and garbage. Yep. What? Friggin' just uh, repaints of something. I was trying to do something where I was trying to sound like a bunch of message board, and then I just lost the track. So I'm going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Didn't even have the fake energy to fake the lack of energy. No, I just man. Of apathy of a message board. I subjected myself to too much message board in the last day and a half, and I didn't even post. I just was reading. Oh yeah. Um, TJ, have you got a new picture pick? Uh, the only thing that really stuck out for me was our first look at how Masterpiece Optimus Primal is going to work. Oh yeah, I saw that reveal. That came out. I felt a little quietly, at least when I when it first popped up, because I think it came up kind of late in the evening, slash early mm-hmm. morning. Um, my understanding is there are some people who are upset at how much the gorilla mode doesn't look like that non-transforming gorilla sculpture. <laughs> and like, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> Sorry, they, I'm sorry. They probably pulled a miniature from Mighty Joe Young on that one. Like, that was not going to be the toy in any way, shape, or like, form. Like it has to still transform. <laughs> and I mean, yes, they Look, can if, do things. If the cartoon could do it without panel lines, why can't this toy? <laughs> I'm not going to take that bait because I know that that's bait. <laughs> um, I think that I'm a. I don't know, TJ. How do you feel about about the CG model we're seeing here? Well, it's pretty simple, standard stuff. It looks like they're just figuring out how everything is actually going to function to make this thing transform correctly. And I do see a lot of familiar elements from the original toys. Yeah. But it is Masterpiece. So I do know that this is a very early stage for this figure, and there is still a lot that's going to get hammered out and pushed through. Yeah, I I am expecting a lot more than what we're seeing here. Um, like the main upgrade we're seeing here aside from a few you know detail things is like the fingers move and mm-hmm. if the end result comes out with the back of the gorilla legs looking that kind of messy that to me would be a disappointment to a certain degree yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting magic um, I just would mm-hmm. like to see this happen without like if you look at them from behind you literally just see the robot like that's the main magic I want them to pull off is hide the robot in gorilla mode i don't care about seam lines i just want to not see like literally a chunk of robot if possible right right that is the difficulty working with this figure is it's a humanoid turning into a humanoid yeah absolutely you don't have a lot to work with yeah whatever they can do to actually disguise this thing to actually look like a gorilla in one mode without you know showing off what it really is that you know that's the goal yeah like i'm not as it is like as it is, like you can look just with the CG that we have right now, there is noticeably more gorilla shape to him. The proportions oh, yeah. and shape of it's a lot better than the original toy was. Yeah, and you know, if they can't end up hiding everything, I'm not gonna like get angry because I I don't know how you could short of some studio half eye stuff of like literally turning the limbs inside out. So I'm just hoping there's going to be some cool magic going on uh, that I might, you know, that I can't imagine until I see it happen. Um, I'm also kind of hoping that there's going to be some neat elbow mechanisms, because as it is, like, you know, clearly there's there's an upfront joint. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting inklings looking at this that perhaps it could be like if you fold the elbow forward, it would be like that that kind of front forward hinge like on the old toy. But maybe there could be internal hydraulic stuff or internal workings that move like, like reveal when you bend the elbow kind of like sentinel style yeah mm-hmm. like a like a faux elbow inside yeah it reveals like i, I yeah. feel like since you know primal's arms 
don't have to transform that much. It could be a cool opportunity to to fit like neat stuff like that in there. Now I've seen normal transformers do that. Yeah. In fact, I strangely enough, I can remember uh, transformer crossovers that had features like that. Mm. You know, and yeah, it does. It takes that like floating elbow energon starscream thing and solidifies it a lot more. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's super cool. They're giving this a try. Like you know, however it turns out, I hope it turns out well. But, yeah. um, you know, this is a, a very much a first of its kind, especially given how they really want to stick to the CG. And, like, I don't know how to break it to you if you don't know this, but, like, Mainframe cheated a lot. Uh, <laughs> no. In ways that you can't replicate. No, they didn't. <laughs> they toy. are perfect. Because <laughs> like, that's what really I remember. Did make that, they did, really did make that raptor head look flat as a pancake when it transformed. Like, I sure would love it if I could just clip parts of Optimus Primal through his own body and then make them vanish as new parts clip out but that that only works in motion on a cartoon in 1996 so i i don't think that's possible on the toy <laughs> uh but it, uh, yeah the cg render i'm i'm happy to finally see something working because it still has the date 2016 on it and i honestly was feeling like there was a decent chance this wouldn't be till 2017 that this thing would come out given how much else there is on their plate um but yeah it's it's moving along i guess so I'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Uh, Aaron, you got any thoughts on uh, on this work in progress? Uh, it looks good. Um, any feedback yeah, for the like, designers? Because like, they're clearly listening to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make it look exactly like... No. Uh, no, it's it's definitely something that... I mean, it for as much as that toy is starting to look at, you know, lines and shapes and, and see how it fits... Um, the thing, the only thing in my mind is this is into the generation where, you know, the beast toys are still pretty solid toys. Mm -hmm. You know, once they started putting ball joints and universal joints into, into stuff, you're at a point where, you know, it's going to transform the way that the other toy did mostly. Mm -hmm. So short of finding, you know. I don't know if maybe they're going to do the hands a different way, so he has, you know, robotic hands and ape hands. But I don't know if there's a ton that you can really do outside of that, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think it's like when you're doing a quote-unquote masterpiece version of something that is, like, coming from a more modern baseline, I think you just have to redefine sort of what masterpiece means for it. So right. in this case, we're taking a toy that was rather, you know, modernly wholly functional and i mm -hmm. guess it's like okay we're gonna try to smooth out the two modes to look way more like the show we're gonna lean into that part of masterpiece and right. in doing so probably you know create a more engaging and and uh magical transformation sequence right um, so i don't know if there'll be like something where you know for the the legs if there'll be some way of like the panels will collapse inside of each other um what was oh crap i'm trying to remember was it there was some toy I remember seeing recently where the panel slid like inside of each other in order to achieve a, a rounded look more? And I'm uh, trying to remember what toy that was. All I'm thinking of are Combiner Wars Constructicons, but I don't think that's what you mean. No, but man, I wish I could remember what toy it is. So listeners know what I'm not remembering. You're going to realize it at the worst moment. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> so but it was something it you where it. where you you pushed it in and it would like slide back a little bit. Where it was an intricate little armature system, 
but it allowed it to like change the shell without having to have a piece of shell then sitting somewhere else oh god now i think i know what you're no i'm not gonna remember what it was but i think i know what you're talking yeah. about i remember <laughs> i remember playing with that design <laughs> yeah and it might have been something that was at a show or seeing something i don't i don't remember yeah. i just know i i like was looking at the legs and like the the way that the thighs are and i see that that is a place that you could potentially do that to get the robot mode look out of that yeah Without having it be so visible on the ape. So here, here's where but. I'm gonna. I want to scumbag something. Uh, the thing I really want them to do that I feel would be in line with some hidden things and other masterpiece toys. I want the original Ultra Toys mutant face to be hidden in there somewhere. Remember the mutant mask he had? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want that somewhere in there. Like maybe a part swap or something. I want to be able to have freaky Predator face primal. That feels like a part swap thing. Because if they're going cartoon accurate, they'll have to come up with a faceplate swap at, so, at some point. Yeah, so just give me a third faceplate that just makes him look all freaky and like Predator Baboon, and and I'll be good. Um, There's no price point listed on this thing yet. I'm just t- taking one more look to make sure I'm not missing it. I don't believe there is, so I, I got no idea what my expectations really are going to be for the end result. But um, if they can really crank it up and like kind of go for it, that'd be super cool. Um, my own new picture pick is going to continue the chain, the ongoing chain. Have you guys heard of Unite Warriors Grand Galvatron? No, what is Not this at all? Let's just keep talking about him because they uh, they revealed uh, images of the alt modes of his components when they have their hand foot guns and weapons attached. Um, which is like kind of a nothing reveal. <laughs> but uh, they also revealed um, a sample of the box art and like. You gotta like if there's one thing Unite Warriors has done uh, amongst all the other things it's done pretty well. Like its box art is fantastic, and like look at that box art of like frigging undead like Lord of the Pit Galvatron like rising up from literal hell. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn cool. Um, I'm really gonna try to get this thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to prioritize that for like the first quarter or whenever it's coming out. Like that's. Man, also his function has been given. Apparently Grand Galvatron's function is Haunt Leader because three-fifths of him are undead. And I, I can dig that. Um, that's all I really... I just wanted to talk about Grand Galvatron again. They translated the comic book. It, it didn't really, like... There's nothing really revelatory in there. Uh, the main thing I noticed is that, is that like Unicron was summoning guys and then Starscream kind of just showed up. And was like, I want to take part two. And then Unicron was like, all right, my heralds, go forth. And then apparently it looked to me like Grand Galvatron was like, nope, screw you, Unicron. And Unicron's like, what? And Grand <laughs> Galvatron's like, I do what I want and just like flew off. And I was like, well, Unicron, that that didn't go super well. <laughs> all I took from that was grudge. Yep, lots of grudge energy. A lot of grudge. I love I love the use of the word grudge. It's like it's like uh, the Decepticon version of justice. Yeah, it's grudge energy. Like, there's probably a different way to translate that, but why? Why would you translate it different? This is already great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm just. This. That's about it, really. Like, do you guys have anything else you want to add about uh, about this we haven't talked about already? Because I think I think we talked about this quite heavily last time. Yeah, we did. You made me pre-order yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do I get you to pre-order another one? Um, no. Well, I I just pre-order it again since I canceled the pre-order when I came to my senses. Oh, excellent. 
Uh, well, welcome. No, your goal is to get me to pre-order it because I still think this thing is absurd. Well, you should pre-order it. No. Hmm. That's all I got. Well, you tried. <laughs> um, anyway, look look forward to our ongoing coverage of every single front page news item about Grand Galvatron leading up to his release. Uh, that's about it for our new picture picks. We have a pair of listener questions, and I thought they were both pretty good, and I kind of wanted to do both of them. So if you guys are up for it, let's let's kick into those. Uh, we've got one here from Captain Slowbro, um, who says, Greetings. Evangelist and the gang, I'm the amazing Captain Slowbro, and I have a listener question for you. Recently, I've become very interested in the quote-unquote design identity of figures both in the Haztac mainline and the third-party scene, and I found myself wanting to know who is designing my toys so that they can be praised and have fans just as video game designers do. Uh, so how would you all feel about having a short list of design credits on packaging that listed the designers and sculptors and so forth? Would there be any sort of issue with that on the business end? And are there any really great figures that you want to know who created them? Thanks and have a great day, Captain Slowbro. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to dive into this immediately myself. I'll just say like this as if you've listened to this podcast for the last couple of years, you'd know this is right up my alley. And of course, I would love that to happen. Um, I think there are issues on the business end uh, as far as I understand it. But uh, Aaron, how do you feel about the idea of more design credit for mainline Transformers? I don't know how I feel, actually, because there is a part of me that's, you know, I could see it being... An interesting way to, you know, know who has made enjoyable ones and, you know, who has made maybe the less enjoyable ones and, uh, you know, maybe get a feel of, oh, I like this guy's toys or I like those guys' toys. But at the same time, I, I from a business standpoint and really, you know, I could see that also then becoming a... Uh, I, not maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy, but like, oh, I didn't like this thing on this one toy, so then that would potentially give a reason to not buy it. Well, I think I think there would like to to go from what I think you're talking about. There would totally be a uh, a Rubicon cross where cult of personality would start happening around designers more so right. than it already is. Um, and for something like toys, it's something where it happens in high higher end stuff than in every friggin store retail stuff mm -hmm. that where I think that, you know, having a name behind it is a good thing because then you're saying, Hey, this is the work that we do and we're proud of it. But when it's mainline fluff stuff, then you don't really need a name. You know, if you want to know who's doing that stuff, that's what, you know, going to conventions are for and, and things like that, but for otherwise, for the stuff that we see, I I think that that is way uh, beyond anything that a company like Hasbro would ever want to do because it just opens them up for more whining and complaining and pr potential problems or ways that this could be wrong. Do you feel like you would feel any differently if it was a list of credits not on the packaging, but something accessible from an official source online, like in Hasbro Pulse? Maybe. Because I could totally but, agree that having, like, but pack still packages for just are... retail stuff, especially because you know that, you know, point at a toy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've got um, a scattershot here in hand. 
And you look at the difference between even what's on the box art for Scattershot and the one that was made. You know, somewhere along the lines, they said, get rid of these, like, seven paint apps or whatever. You know, if I'm the designer and I'm like, no, look, I actually put effort into that. You know, the the redesign of the wings and that soft plastic, the way that we redid that nose cone gun thing, all of this cool stuff that I'm proud of. But in the end, man, like, four paint apps would have entirely changed the the look and feel of this thing to be that old scattershot. And that wasn't the designer's call. Mm -hmm. That was... You know, some somebody down the line was like, no, adding those four paint apps since one of those colors is a color that we're not using right now adds another five cents per unit and across the whole thing for for one dot of color here. We don't need that. And somebody in financial went down and marked things off of the list. That's actually well, uh, that, that's a hole in our knowledge <clears throat> that I feel like I don't feel like we actually needed to be filled. But something that I, I've always thought we don't actually know is. When it comes down to choosing what gets cut out, is there a person who does that, or is that a team decision? Right. Um, and and that's that's also because I, I think that is well, it's because you see that in like the turtles line. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you see stuff where it's like, oh, that looks great on the pack on the back of the box or in the upcoming stuff or at San Diego Comic Con, and then you see it in real life. You're like, there's detail here that just a tiny blurp of paint would instead of being this giant wall of green on something would look really cool but instead you didn't do it why didn't you do it okay well some you know somebody at the factory said oh no we don't want to do that and cut it out so even then was that even something that somebody at hasbro said or just the the factory in vietnam now went no we can ship these out and by the time they see it production runs done and we'll kick them back five cents and save ourselves eight cents or whatever whatever dumb financial happenings happen with that sort of thing and then you know i sit here computron's big to me because computron was my first combiner and then i see this guy and i'm like man so many places it was so close and there are a couple pictures that i took of like this right next to the to the g1 one where it's things that are different and quite a few people actually sent me their repaint versions or their digital how they want to do it versions to to make it look good and all of them have looked great and it's like man it'd be great to see that but Somewhere along the lines that broke down. I feel like we're going to have without being able to have a real postmortem. We're just kind of getting a little bit of what we got. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're, like we're going to have a real animate what we got this week <laughs> section uh, but, in your end. <laughs> but it, it, it's something that you know to to roll it back to what this question's asking. You know, whose whose fault is that? And I think that without a way of uh, like really enumerating like okay look up to this point it was mine after that that was my sign off and somebody else did it without having that I think that would be very unfair to the designers I yeah and you, that's that's a completely valid point like I've um I want to I want to move over to TJ uh, but I'll throw in like I feel like whatever the case was I would I would definitely not want to see designers being forced to put their names on stuff Especially right. because uh, there are a lot of toys that are just not made for a discerning collector, and that info would probably not be even interesting to more than a handful of people on things like one step changers. Um, mm-hmm. But TJ, what about what about your end about uh, about design credits on packaging or even off packaging? And I would say that's that's a valid option. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I do appreciate knowing who designed whatever toy I happen to be playing with. Like last time, I mentioned that. I got the animated series Joker and the sculptor was actually on uh, on the packaging. I thought that was really really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I know, you know, us talking about masterpieces all the time. We kind of have this preference for, you know, how Hatsui 
does the figures. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, and knowing which ones he did, yeah, I kind I kind of can spot the ones that are not his style now. You know, just knowing that, okay, he made this one, this one, this one, then I look at tracks and go, yeah, that's something he did not touch because it doesn't do this or this. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a there's an appreciation for it because I think it's very easy to get caught up in um, it's a piece of plastic that rolled off a factory line in Vietnam and not acknowledge that, no, someone actually like sculpted this at some point and figured out how all this was actually going to work and everything. Now, yeah, on something like a Transformer, I figured that's going to be a lot more people involved in something like that because mm-hmm. you've got more complex engineering than a standard toy. You do have, you know, like you said, you have people going, well, we you're like, 13 cents over budget pick what paint apps you want to keep and ditch the rest mm-hmm. you know there's almost part of me that's like okay i wouldn't mind like if like all that legal jargon they have to write in on those on the instructions would also include like almost like a list of credits you know like engineers sculptors and etc yeah i i mean the my my approach is i really want people to get credit for their work even though like you know it especially on a mainline toy line that's their work and they're getting paid for it that's the only exchange that really has to happen and it's only recently that we i feel it's only you know in the last decade and a half that like we have this whole notion of actually wanting to know about the people who make the toys so we can appreciate them more so it's it's still a, a relatively new notion and um when it comes to would there be any issues on the business end, there absolutely would be, um, not just because of uh, some of the, you know, the the social stuff that, that Aaron's bringing up, but also that, like, Hasbro brings in freelancers all the time, and I'm sure that not having to credit a freelancer is a huge part of being able to make the freelancer arrangement work more easily than if they also had to have their name printed mm-hmm. in the packaging. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, many freelancers are able to get permission to share their artwork after the fact, once the toy is released. Uh, and I think that's already amazing because um, that allows for, you know, this sort of you can deduce, identify things together to me. And this, you know, this is a little naive, but like to me, uh, there's so much information that we have second and third hand from going to conventions, from freelancers sharing what they have been working on um, that I feel like the like at this point in 2015, the cat's already out of the bag enough that. Maybe not on all the mainline stuff, but I feel like there there have got to at least be more Hasbro Pulse articles talking to designers and allowing them to freely communicate about the process and what they've worked on. Um, like, leave it to the designer to talk about what they want to talk about. You know, don't force them to talk about things that maybe they're not happy with or embarrassed to talk about. And And in the business end, the downside of any of this for Transformers official stuff is that it's a large company that does not want anyone working for it to say anything negative about what they're doing. Um, you can already tell that in the designer diary videos that they are very highly edited and sculpted and crafted uh, to not have any kind of negative talk whatsoever. And so it's like a wholly positive thing, the way that we worked on these. Um, and that's always going to stand in the way with transformers, unfortunately. But um, on the third party end, uh, I feel like there's, you know, because it's unofficial and there's, it's a bit more of like a, a rodeo show of just like freelancers and whatnot. Like, I think that's, that's an area where more people could get more in depth about stuff. Um, but even then, because it's all about trying to sell things, it's real tricky for designers to be allowed to speak for you. I think even video game designers have trouble 
being able to speak freely about what they do until either like a lot of time has passed or they have the clout to say like, oh, this didn't turn out the way we wanted to. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what they were working on is also something meant to be sold. And like the business reality makes it so difficult to appreciate some stuff because the people working on it can't say everything they might want to say on the record. Um, and that's why I feel like there's with things like Hasbro Pulse and the designer diaries in official Transformers, I feel like we're constantly taking baby steps forward in allowing for the positive part of this, which, which is being able to follow designers and, and become a fan of a designer in particular or an engineer in particular. Um, so I like, I think it's something that in the end, at the end of the day, I super want this to happen somehow or to keep moving forward somehow. But um, for those of you out there who are like minded, like, you know, yeah, be aware. There are plenty of reasons why this can't just happen. And <clears throat> pulling the example of the uh, the DC collectibles, Batman animated stuff. That's a perfect example of how something higher end, something designer oriented, collector oriented that is sold through Diamond rather than at Toys R Us. Like, that's able to have those credits in there. Uh, NECA toys are able to have credits in there. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of Four Horsemen stuff has very heavy credits. Uh, Sentinel uh, pieces have tons of credits on them. So in, in, in the more collector-oriented high-end world where it's 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 smaller companies not operating on, on grander bottom lines, uh, there is a, a little bit more freedom. And, you know... Where people are free to do it, they've. I think, yeah, just keep doing it because eventually that freedom's going to creep more and more into stuff like mainline Transformers or, you know, other big budget things like Star Wars toys. I'm sure there's, like, the nature of working on Star Wars toys, given the behemoth that is, like, that's that's got to have some fascinating stuff behind it. Um, anything with actor likenesses is is got to have fascinating design processes that I hope we can learn more about someday as time goes on. Um. Anyway, I think I think we added a whole lot about that. I feel good about that question. That went well. Did I cut any of you off? Like, do you have anything else you want to throw in, either of you guys? Not really. Um, are there any? I completely glazed over this. Are there any really great figures? Just, just you know, ignoring all the all the the pluses, minuses. Any great figures you want to know more about who created them? I'd like to know the design synthesis of the uh, Combiner Wars. Like what was that brain trust that mm-hmm. put together? Just the the skeleton of the like idea for the the pagan ports and and how all that came to be. Like a, if they could have like a, a panel that was like a Combiner Wars designer debrief, right? That would be yeah, that would be amazing. I would love that. Like and and you know acknowledging that <clears throat> only a few years before it had been basically said at right now combiners are just impossible for us to do yeah and how do yeah. we go from I there mean, to it here was, it was after um what was that energon mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it was like yeah even the two-part combiners were just i mean more difficult to design than what they seemed to be worth and we're probably not going to do designers or combiners again for a long long time yeah and admittedly it was a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the but the way that they always talked when it was brought up, even to just a year or two before Combiner Wars, was like, no, re- I mean, you know how difficult that is yeah. because then you've got all of this stuff that's out there that if you miss one of them, then you can't make your dude. And you only got to go back in this mm-hmm. podcast to my reaction to that uh, video game Bruticus. Just and even after I got him, you know, the flawed toy that he is, the very fact that there was a five deluxe Combiner being made to me was incredible 
uh, still is kind of incredible, especially since they made him during the worst budgetary year that Transformers has like faced this century, as far as I know. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay. It probably has yeah. had harder years, but it was a very hard year. 2012 was. Uh, TJ, anything else on your end, like, or any Transformer piece or third party piece you just want to know more about? Yeah, there's no end to it, really. Like, there, there, in my brain, there's just, you know, who who come who comes up with things like, you know, like the like a uh, R.I.D. Megatron, like the old one, where it's like, who got paid to sit there with this toy with all these hinges and things and go, okay, figure out everything it can do, and that's what we'll print on the box. And then and then for the Galvatron one, who was the one who said, hey, because didn't he have like a very minor retool? He had a very, yeah, he had a very minor retool, so a couple things could peg together. Yeah, like, considering how BS all his modes are, who was the one that was able to go, like, no, we need to retool this one part so that these <laughs> three bits can peg together for my other eight BS modes? I want to know, I want him to tell me how many more modes he came up with that did not get through. Yeah. Like, well, like <laughs> how did, how did we pick the anorexic elephant out of all this group, like what got rejected for that? Who was the one who <laughs> added that extra hinge for the thumb to actually have hand mode? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, for, for me, uh, and I said this as a joke just earlier, but quite honestly, I would like to know a lot more about uh, one step changers because we've gotten hints of it at panels, I believe, where uh, folks who worked on Transformers were talking about how, you know, the, the switchblade drift became so popular in the office uh, that that's why they kind of reused that for like that G1 Prowl or whatever. Like the Switchblade Drift One Step thing, kind of became popular in office. It kind of became popular among older collectors for a little bit, and that gave it a little bit of traction to like make a little return. Um, I want to know more about the you know in general like when you're trying to design a Transformers item that isn't just a two mode Transformer that has to be more of a gimmicked piece like a one step changer. Like, what's that process like? Because we, I think that most of the insight we get and have gotten is about just your classic deluxes Voyagers and stuff like that. Uh, I'd love to know more about the the things that have to still, you know, they have to transform somehow, but they are also to be oriented more towards a younger demographics gimmick uh, tendency. Um, that's something I'd love to know more about myself, um, single figures aside. Uh, I also would love it if uh, Mastermind could do just a big thing about Feral Rex because um, there's so much info that like you can dig up about Feral Rex during um, its production. But I'd love to see that collated uh, into even just like a blog or a PDF or something. Uh, I think it would be fascinating. Anyway, we've got one other question here from that guy. You guys know that guy? Uh, I know a guy. I, 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 I know uh, this guy. No, we're talking about that guy. Um, he sent this in. It says, Hi, Evangelist. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, to thank you for answering my previous listener question about fan conventions. I have another one for you. I have a friend who likes Transformers media and enjoys the toys, but we've discussed going to a convention or something together, and she has no real desire to do so. I ask her why, and she's pointed me to the online community and a couple of places where she feels unwelcome. I'm bringing this up because I see a thread on TFW about someone who's trying to hide their collecting habit from their wife, and there seems to be quite a few posts displaying a lot of hostility towards the wife for wanting to save money. There is a link. Um, I don't want to start anything here, but I don't really want to share the link in our thread because I don't want to point people at a thing with the notion of joining in. Um, 
That guy goes on to say, I know that in the past there have been numerous threads about female Transformers that really got to be vitriolic and ugly. So I guess my question is, what can I do as a member of the fandom to make more people welcome and to allow friends and fans who share the same interests to feel comfortable being part of a community? Anything I can do besides saying most fans are fine, some people are just jerks, or if we go to a convention, I don't think people will be assholes in face-to-face situations. Thanks for your time, that guy. Before we dive into this, I want to give a little debrief on the thread in question, because I went to read it. Uh, it was a thread about a guy who was saying, my wife wants us to save money, so what's your guys' tricks for secretly buying toys behind your wife's back so that they won't catch on? And there were a bunch of posts in there that were kind of like, oh, your wife's a jerk, or like, you should make her, you know, assuming the wife was not making any kind of sacrifice herself. There were also a ton of posts, I thought, in the, the latter half, which were quite intelligently put together and saying, Perhaps you can identify that if you're trying to figure out how to hide something from your wife, especially about money, perhaps there's a bigger issue at play than how do you get your robots? Maybe you should be able to communicate this with your life partner, who is your wife. Yeah, the the way that parts of it read to me was like, how do I hide my drinking from my wife? Yeah, I um, a little bit. This is going a little far, but when the question is, how do I hide buying expensive robots from my wife? That's like one noun away from something really terrible. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. There and 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 I want to say to the credit of a lot of people on the boards, there were a lot of people going in there saying just that that like the issue here isn't the toys or your wife. The issue is why aren't you guys talking this out? Um, but there were also a lot of more antagonistic posts that were not quite as smart. Um, so the the question here really is how do you make this fandom and I guess even boards? I, I would say it's the fandom in, in total, but boards and and social media. How do you make it more? comfortable when there are easily citable examples of where this could be real nasty for, uh, in this example, especially a female fan who wants to get into this and then maybe sees some of the really gross uh, back and forth that have come up in the last couple of years, uh, particularly about stuff like Windblade or um, more female creators in the comics, etc. Um, I have one more thing to add, but I want to let you guys go first before I go into that. So, uh, Aaron, you've been around this fandom for a while. And, I've been uh, around this fandom for a while, and my fiance has come out of this fandom. Ex- I was going to lead into that, too, and I didn't have a smooth so, way to say it, so thanks. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to say I've got a unique perspective here. I mean, but Aaron, let's. I mean, we can all agree. When we're answering this question, we should lay out the caveat. We are three dudes who have been around the fandom yes. long enough to be able to make lots of friends before the grand influx of 07. So yes. bear um, that in mind when we're <laughs> if, if I, I was actually just looking out the window to see and she looks like she's asleep in the chair. So I would I would try and and tap her brain because I think that could go a, a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she'd talk on the podcast because she's super shy, shy about this stuff for whatever reason. So um, <laughs> talking uh, on the Internet to hundreds or thousands or how many of people, millions of people that listen to this illustrious podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> Look, it's the future. <laughs> we we don't know how far into the future this will be archived. Like I don't think this... we do a crappy podcast, so... but whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, first and foremost, um, I love TFW two thousand five boards. The idea of them, mm-hmm. uh, like many things, you read for intent, not necessarily content of what they're saying uh, which like in that thread that's the thread that's underlined from the thread from that guy um it there there's a lot of people that are borderline i don't know vitriolic but you know they, they do look like they're they're getting their 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 jimmy's rustled they're making a bro if, pile. if you if you if you look at like what the content of what they're saying 
is a little bit of it is like, hey, is this really something where we, air quotes, need to be saving money while I go and spend money? Or is this something where, like, genuinely, you know, like, you know, when I had my issues with Andy Rue and being poorly employed, I really had to roll back my transporter stuff. I don't know if that person is in a similar state and doesn't know how to roll that back. Um, but that's for that thread that we're mm-hmm. not we've said that we're not going to discuss. So yes, there are instances uh, out there of people doing that, but I think that you'd see that in any fandom where you have it, it's it for for that it's kind of an echo chamber of like hey, we're all here because we like transforming robot toys. Hey, this poor guy is going to have to cut back robot transforming toys for insert reason. And then everybody says, "Oh, insert reason is a big jerk. Why would you let that get to you?" So that's a case where I think it's just an echo chamber effect mm. of of everybody trying to stand up for the guy that wants his robot toys. And um, unfortunately that cuz I've been trying to think of of good answers for this that don't fall into these I think a lot of the answers we're going to be thinking of could easily roll into the the two that he presented at the end of his question which is just saying oh well most people are fine they're just some jerks. Yes. And I wish there was a better answer cuz honestly I can't think of a better answer like um in terms of what the forum, not just our forum, a lot of forums right now yes. are like. I mean, our forum is is probably the prime example because ours is one of the biggest ones, and thus it has the most troublemakers and the most gross stuff you're going to find anywhere because right. it's got the most people. And that it's it's unfortunate because it you know it has made me not participate in large amounts of the forum because I don't want to look at that stuff. Um, maybe I'm getting the I the the way that I feel. You're I've, part of the problem, man. If you're not going in there fighting for the good, nah, the no. the way that I feel <laughs> I've matured in the last like five six years is that when it comes to kind of when it comes to stuff that I know I would have done five or six years ago, and now I feel like, well, that was stupid what I was doing. And when I see it happening here, like my reaction is like, oh, that's a dumbass thing I might have said in like my mid early twenties, and mm-hmm. I don't want to see it anymore. But the the only way to change anything, uh, especially when it comes to stuff involving, um, you know, a predominantly male fandom, is that dudes gotta just point out when stuff is gross, and because right. uh, if uh, this was a point made to me uh, by someone else, if if a girl goes in there and says, "Hey, this is kind of gross," um, it characterizes, especially in the eyes of someone who wants to see it this way, it characterizes as, "Oh, here comes a lady to come and ruin all the boys' fun." And uh, unfortunately, when it comes to the kind of folks whose behavior you'd like to to reeducate, it's it becomes a standstill, and thus it it falls on on male fans as well to say. And you don't have to, you know. I mean, this this also turns into the the classic white knight garbage that is undiscussable once it becomes the focus of a thread. But you know, if you, if it's if it's starting to get gross, everyone's got to lead by example. And if we all know better, then we got to just act better. That's mm. and, and there there are many cases where it's uh, you know I think we talked about this before, like with um, with the growing number of female creators and transformers and female fans and female characters, there is a clear uh, ugly undertone to a lot of threads that is a a uh, resistant undertone that is resistant for really adolescent reasons. And as someone who has gone through that and is now a little older. It is kind of my responsibility to say, like, no, that is really adolescent. And, you know, in like five or six years, you're going to feel like a dumbass for all that stuff you're saying. So I'm not going to try to be your dad here, but think about it a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say another part 
of what you frequently see on the internet is keyboard courage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As it stated, um, I can. I'm I'm not going to say I can count on one hand because I don't. It might be just slightly more than five times that I've seen somebody really be an ass in face-to-face situations with conventions. I've had maybe maybe three or four cases where it was just a dude that was a jerk on the internet, period, and that's who that person is. And so, yeah, it's, again, to the first point, and I think a lot of the times those guys end up self-excluding in group things. So when you go to a convention where it's a whole lot of people that are going to have fun that tends to winnow out the jerks because they're not going to be, you know, they're, they're, they're going to run themselves out. Yeah. They're jerking in real life. No one else is going to want to hang out with a jerk. Right. Yeah, or, or you get the, the guys who are, you know, super jerk douches online. And I've seen it happen where they hang out with a group and you can tell that they have a very awkward opening interaction and then they soften up and they have, they're fine in person. They get back online, they turn back into a jerk and it's like, whatever, I guess that's you. I, that's just, but, right. that's um, just something the internet does to everyone. And that's, that's existed since the internet started is that anonymity gives you so much bravado. You go and oh, do yeah, whatever and, you and, want because there's no consequence. They don't know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more depressing than the fact that that gets prefaced with "It's always been this way" because it's like, then why hasn't anyone yeah. done anything about it? Yet? <laughs> the internet's it's, not young well, in, until there's <laughs> slap over IP protocol. Uh, yeah, yeah waiting for that technology lets you send an electrical shock through someone's equipment. Well, yeah, and then you know, <laughs> then we'll just we'll start having the uh, the cyber murderer guys from every cyberpunk story of the '90s. <laughs> And maybe that would be kind of a beautiful future in a certain way. <laughs> Can I get the one where Christopher Walken is a detective acting really hammy? I'm tired of watching that game over and <laughs> yeah, over again. Yeah, everyone's done that game now. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, um, yeah, the uh, well, before we, we continue on to another point I wanted to make, TJ, do you have any any initial uh, answers to this question of just like, how do you make this, how do you make this, this fandom or community or other communities just more welcoming to someone who is afraid to take part? Mm-hmm. It is tricky because you are right. It's it's very hard to give an answer that doesn't boil down into well, yeah, you know, there's in any fandom there are jerks, but most people are fine. Or okay, in, online they have more courage and than they do, uh, in, you know, in person and all that. Mm-hmm. What I find is that, you know, like it would be really great to have that fandom and say, hey, we all like this one thing, so why can't we all get along? which never happens in any fandom. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's a thing that I think has struck not just fandoms, but even, um, how do I put this, uh, beliefs and lifestyle choices. People who believe that, that oh, we should all get along because we're all X. Right. And it's like, that's, that's hardly a personality-defining quality. So, so, no, you probably shouldn't all get along because that would be a really weird happenstance. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little fantasy, but that's never how it works out. And sometimes, sometimes for the best, sometimes for the worst. But... I always find that, you know, you go into any kind of fandom like this, you're going to hit areas that don't agree with you, that don't like either who you are, or what you bring to the table. And sometimes it's just about, okay, just jump into the deep end, head first, take your licks and figure out which part of the pool you should be swimming in. Because eventually, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually it boils down. You find the people that you're going to connect with. 
Now, for as long as I've been in this, I still have friends that I met a long time ago, you know, and I don't get to go to the conventions to meet everybody in person. I don't get to hang out with people like I would really like to all the time, but, you know, we've got, you know, you know, people I've known since, you know, this board was elsewhere, you know, and and Mm -hmm. somehow I get saddled with you two all this time. Yeah. You know, and I'd go to bat for either one of you any day. I'm the one with the microphone. I don't know. Uh, well, the, the, the sad thing is like so much of this also like another easy answer that I feel there's a couple other answers. I feel that guy could have added to the back, which I always hear, which again, a couple years, even a couple years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's the answer. And nowadays I just feel like this is so stupid that this is still the answer. And one of them is like, oh, you just got to have a thicker skin. And it's like, how is it? How is the onus on you necessarily? Like people are different, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and then. Even when when someone says like oh you're not going to have someone being a jerk to you at a convention uh, that that is true but people like to take photos at conventions take their photos online put them up and go like hey let's play spot the freaky looking nerds and I used to do that and that's one of the things I'm the most ashamed of uh, from I guess my twenties is the times I spent doing that because it's like people go to a convention they want to you know express what they feel about their fandom and whatnot. And even if they don't encounter any kind of hostility face to face, there's so much hostility that a single image of someone can encounter online uh, just for, you know, looking funny in some way that someone doesn't like. Um, Like there's there are a lot of reasons why, especially with because when it comes to a forum, I can totally say see it like, yeah, forums can really suck. So why wouldn't you go to it when it comes to going to a convention? uh, I think there is like a legit feeling of especially depending on what kind of fan you are. Um, or just who you are as a human being going to this public space. Like, what if someone just decides to snap a photo of you and then, like, throw it up in their freaky fans photo binder? Um, so the, the, the sad part of this question is I don't really have a good answer for the main question of this myself, because, like, all you can really do to make someone feel welcome is introduce them to all of your friends, uh, introduce them to the safest part of the fandom that you know where you feel the most comfortable, and say those two sentences you have at the end, which is that most people are fine, some are jerks, and no one's going to get in your face at a convention. Everything beyond that hits the third lousy answer, which is you're just going to have to take the risk and deal with it when it happens. Um, I can suggest places to check stuff out. Uh, on TFW, our podcast subforum usually is a pretty chill, safe place uh, that generally because it's so low traffic compared to the rest of the, of the board like and ruled with an iron fist <laughs> yeah it's ruled by an iron fist with a moderator that being me who hates moderating so please don't start trouble because i'll just guilt trip you it works you know <laughs> although aaron you're modding there too aren't you yeah i am yeah for the whole project of like let's get all the back stuff fixed and then nobody's ever showed me how to do that yeah we're working on it we're working on it yeah it's a 2017 goal uh <laughs> But um, like in the boards, I feel like our sub forum is a pretty nice place to go if you want to go somewhere, mm-hmm. even though it's just kind of about this podcast. But um, like Aaron, when it comes to like places where you feel like at least you would be a good a good guide to lead someone into taking a, a more social part in this fandom, like do you have any suggestions? Not re- I mean, so much of it anymore is I mean, go to a couple different boards, see what has your your flow, you know, what you can deal with and interact and 
And hey, if there are people that you interact with, well, that's great. You know, be that Twitter or a Facebook group or, or boards or I'm sure there's a Transformers Reddit, subreddit thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of places that you can go to, to talk Transformers. And then, you know, like I said, if it's a group that you like, you know, maybe the next time that there's something going on that you're going to be at. See if there's talk of like a get together or like, hey, we're all going to be meeting at the hotel lobby at, at – 10 o'clock in the morning and we're going to go get breakfast and go see if at breakfast that's people that you like or if there's that one loudmouth braggart that gets on your nerves and you just can't deal with, you know, maybe see if like there are other people think that he's a loudmouth braggart and needs to shut up and then you can go do your own thing. And, you know, it's just <laughs> the same way it is with any social situation is you, you, you kind of got to put yourself out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see and find and, you know, if it's a group that you like, then it's easier to put a little bit more into it. And if it's a group that you don't like, you know, you're not married to them. You know, if yeah. you know, it turns out that oh, these guys are great online, but none of them have an idea of what personal hygiene is, and you know, don't want to deal with that on your vacation to dealing with smelly people. Then you go do something else. Yeah, and and try to be polite when you go to do something else. Yeah, like yeah. this gets into our this gets into our classic convention talk of like, don't be afraid to go and say hi to people. Uh, just be prepared for things to go okay or go badly or just just generally try to be like and okay here's the fourth lousy answer which i know aaron and i constantly go to is just try to be nice because mm-hmm. that's people aren't going to listen to that all the time <laughs> but in general like you know people reciprocate politeness even unpolite people reciprocate politeness mm-hmm. so there's that uh tj do you have any any ideas of just like I don't know. Do you have any any place that you tend to think of if you know anyone who's like sort of getting into the social side of a Transformers fandom, for instance, a place they could check out? That is that is kind of difficult because I've had my head out of those communities for a while now. Like, yeah, I, I I feel bad because I kind of float as my own separate entity these days. I don't really have a home base outside of, you know, you know, specific spots here. Well, I think that a lot of the people like this is a. I think we talked about this before. A lot of the folks, myself included, who used to be like we are on TFW. That's where we talk the most. And then we meet up at conventions for the most part. A, a grand majority of those folks have migrated to social media yeah. uh, like Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And I think that's that's honestly just the pattern um, right now. Like if your forum isn't gigantic, it's probably dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that is kind of the running thing. Like if I'm thinking of anything for like calm discussion you know maybe find a facebook group that suits what you're specifically into because they're i would figure they're Mm. generally policed a lot better than a forum would be yeah there there are um i know that i have heard of a lot of decent facebook groups um not just for transformers but other things as well um i i i don't say i i mostly spectate these things i want to say i have generally seen that the repro labels facebook group Granted, it's mostly rapper labels oriented, but it tends to be a pretty safe place to go and just say, hi, I'm into Transformers and I think rapper labels are cool. So I, I asked uh, Kryn about this question because uh, Kryn recently, you know, earlier this year has gotten like way more into the community side of Transformers as I introduced her to the comics and she's been doing some more art stuff. So I asked Kryn, like I asked her to take a look at this question, like, what do you think? Like, do you have any any response? And uh, she mentioned that as someone who likes to create stuff, um, she's actually found a lot of really cool, talented people to talk to uh, on Tumblr. 
Uh, and Tumblr has, you know, the reputation Tumblr has. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very well earned by this point. Like, there are some real, like, weirdo scumbag people who live on Tumblr. But there are also a lot of weirdo scumbag people who live on Twitter and Facebook. It's just that Tumblr seems to have some of the loudest ones right now. Uh, there are also a lot of very talented, creative people, uh, many of whom uh, live on Tumblr and live in much smaller, isolated communities on Tumblr that are a lot less scary to go and check out. Um, it's it's worth checking out some of the Transformers tags on there. There is also some amazing artwork on there that Corinna showed me uh, that I probably would not have seen otherwise. But yeah, uh, I think I think this kind of question is just like it's an important thing to ask if like is at the end of the day, this is someone talking about a friend of theirs who wants to get into a community but feels unwelcome for one reason or another. Uh, I am, of course, operating on the assumption that um, that guy's friend has not tried to get in the community and already been kind of spat back out like that. This is someone looking from the outside in. Uh, and that's what I'm orienting all these answers towards. So, you know, if that's not the case, of course, out of, if it's someone who has gone in, had a real nasty time and came back out, of course, there's going to be a, a different viewpoint, um, from someone who's had like a personal, terrible experience in, in one or two communities. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like if, if anyone out there who's listening and wants to maybe come in the thread and say, you know, any ways that they've found a comfortable way to get into, into the community and, uh, any, like, as I said before, like this question is you know, this question has quite a tinge of, um, you know, female fans in general and fandoms having trouble getting into places that still have a bit of a chess beaten boys club vibe. Um, anyone listening who is a female listener who has gone through such a thing or has found a way to get into a community like feel free to answer too. you know, like it's a dialogue that's worth having. Um, I would just ask that, like, please don't scumbag the thread up, you know, don't make it an ugly thing that I don't want to moderate because then i'm gonna have to get aaron to moderate it and he doesn't care aaron's yeah i I don't aaron's just an indeterminate hate machine you know look i i've done my time as a super moderator somebody sneezes wrong they're gone aaron moderated in the movie form (laughs) oh do you want to like activate that monster like because i'm i'm the good cop you know like i'm the one who's like listen why why do we got to fight we don't want any trouble and when that doesn't work there for not my bumblebee oh god (laughs) (laughs) so many men lost actual blood spilled they'll never know their mothers and and i guess that's our final pro tip at the end of the day no matter what happens don't go in the movie for him yeah that's like step number one uh yeah and i still i still like dfw i still like uh, a lot of the message board communities for you know the bits and pieces that are really nice uh i don't i don't want to just like throw message boards under the bus because i still use a couple but it's like it's it's all stuff. It's not like I'm making up these problems. Like they're all identifiable problems that exist, you know. And social media kind of cutting the legs off of a lot of smaller message boards is a thing that happened, you know. It's 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 just the evolution of online communication. Um, and in my case, and I think in all our cases, like it's telling that we don't really have an excellent answer for where to go if you don't know anybody because we come from generally a time before it was impossible to just go on a board like tfw and say hi i'm a new fan and and you would generally just get a warm reception uh nowadays it's a lot more like there's just a lot more noise and it's a lot harder to just jump in and go like hi look i'm a new person i want to make friends like you can but it's i think it's more difficult now well back then we're, we're just happy to find each other in the first place yeah like i mean um even like you know even Alfie comes from back in like what oh two oh three, 
Yeah. Like back when it was you show up on TFW and like a majority of the posters on the board who post regularly will all come into a welcome thread and be like, hey, welcome to the boards. Because there was like what, maybe like a 200 of us tops. Yeah, something like that. So there wasn't a ton back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like comparing a small town to a big city. You know, small town, everyone knows each other. Everyone keeps friendly because everyone has seen each other's faces and are going to act straight. Big city, eh, no big deal. I'm across town. I don't care. I'll act however I want. Yeah, you can fade into the crowd. <laughs> so, yeah, it's in general, like, you know, be be kind to your fellow fan if you can. If you can't, then, like, there's probably something wrong with you. So, you know... <laughs> address that grow up a bit if you can um because there you know there are there are bad parts to growing up but there are good parts too like getting along with more people hopefully now i'm just i'm saying that and i'm realizing there are people older than me who are less able to do that than i was even years ago so everyone's different but uh no it's an excellent question it's it's a good question to to raise up and discuss um do you guys need a little break or should we just go straight into our what we gots uh break yeah. because i feel like what we got is going to be big. oh yeah all right you gotta you gotta go to, to peter poodle's pre-academy of proper yeah no just shut it down right there that's okay all right Hier kommt Action Master Optimus Prime mit seinem Super Truck. Bei Alarmstufe Rot verwandelt er sich zum Laserjet und zur gigantischen Verteidigungsbasis. Die Original Hasbro Transformers. Hey everyone, we're back. And uh, you're all wonderful people, aren't they, Aaron? Well, 99%. That was a long pause. I like it. <laughs> um, I think that we're going to do what we got this week, and I think it's probably going to be a Christmas. What do we got this week? Oh, jingle bell. Uh, so staying on topic, thus assuming that everyone got Transformers things for Christmas because we have such varied and creative lifestyles. Uh, Aaron, you seem very mm -hmm. excited to talk about some Transformers stuff you got this week. Yeah. Um, primarily, uh, what I had gotten was uh, English words. Okay, catching up. Um, the latest wave of new re newly released Combiner Wars. So I got uh, the um, four limbs and the torso to make Bruticus, and then I also got um, Scattershot in order to make Betatron. Yeah. The, the so, Computron love letter to Computron fans. Uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> with Scattershot, um, who boy. I so much, so close, but fell short. Um, between paint apps, uh, like I was talking earlier, you know, if you look at the, the box art, even the like lower half of the chest plate has a different color to it on the box art, but not on the toy. Uh, you know, they re they painted the entire head and then painted it in wrong colors. The, the combiner head to be Computron. Yeah. The combiner head. Yeah. Um, which I mean, they, it's the same head and. I mean, it's the same hell. It's the same paint layout. Yep, and it's. I mean, it's gunmetal. Uh, I understand. Is it a black? Yeah, it's it's gunmetal instead of black, as um. No, it's not painted antenna though. So they actually molded the antenna in the color. 
rather than painting over it or yeah. whatever they but, did. But little, little known fact that, that was discovered by, uh, by XV um, is that, that that Betatron head is actually cast in white plastic. And so everything on it that's yeah. not white plastic is is paint budget that was spent to make it look a whole lot which, like Spirion. <laughs> yeah, which there is nothing on this that isn't painted. Yeah. So, yeah, the entire head of it was painted to be something different. Um, just a whole lot of places where it's like, man, it, it could have been much better than what it ended up being. And for no reason other than paint budget? Which, again, you know, we don't know what paint budget really means. So, um... Well, I got a I theory. Mean, uh, because if we say paint budget, because that's what I was thinking, then I find out that the entire combiner head is painted. And I'm like, wait. So, technically, if it's completely painted, right, that means it could have been painted like anything. Like, it could have been painted right. like like Computron's head, for instance. Yes. Uh so I have this theory coming off of that revelation, which is that because I'm sitting there going like there's I can't think of a human way that this happened. Um, so I think there had to have been some kind of miscommunication where the paint mask diagram for Betatron's head, when it got to the factory, they got the Superion one instead. That's the only way that makes sense to me. I don't no. think so, though, because on the box art, it shows it. <laughs> With this paint scheme. I mean, like, like early enough in the chain for it to be irreversible, but before the, the box art. The only... Uh, then, like, then why would colors have been cut off of it in other places? I don't know. <laughs> the only part, the only part of it that makes sense to me, considering it would have been so easy to just paint it to look like Computron's head, is that maybe, since we know that they have a drill tank remold of Brawl possible, maybe... There is a Computron somewhere, Takara's, something, anything, and there's, like, an intentional way of, like, separating this scatter shot from whatever, like, probably a multi-pack that ends, yeah. up, that ends up being made down the road. I just, I do, I, I do not believe there was some way that Betatron happened the way he did where people sat down and said, yes, this is the way we should proceed, like, to make... The Computron stand-in that we can't like. Either it's like knowing placeholder stuff, or it's just like some kind of miscommunication. Like I am also, I remain convinced that the Quickslinger head happening on Blastoff had to have been some kind of factory miscommunication, or because that was the last head that was loaded into the tooling, right? So that must be the explanation for this inexplicable thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know though, man. I'm looking at STCC pictures, and it's still that. And you'd assume that the SDCC is hand paints. The CAD model for the alt mode was Firefly's head. It had Firefly's head. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm still on um, Computron. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't want to, like, start a thing about Blastoff. But, like, I just feel like, you know, this all times with the move to Vietnam, I think there just must have been some miscommunications on the production side that were out of the hands of the design team when they were happening. Like that's the only way it makes any sense. I'm not trying to defend anyone or make excuses. I'm just trying to make sense of what came out. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, the easy answer is, well, they're just lazy and stupid. And I'm like, well, I don't think they'd have jobs if they were, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like that's more of making an excuse than trying to deduce a miscommunication of some kind. And I'm not right. like I don't need the answer. Like I'll, I'm going to forget about all this probably a year from now. But 
Anyway, yeah, Aaron, as as our resident Computron fan, I've decided that's what I'm going to call you. Uh, uh thanks. I, <laughs> uh, at least for the the next five minutes. Uh, in general, it sounds like you're a little a little fiery and disappointed with the scattershot. Yeah, I mean, mostly because it's like they ran. 25 and a half miles of the marathon and then just went meh. Um, because I I like the remold nose piece to to mimic Scattershot's cannon and it, it really looks like that would be an impressive like anime anime well, I don't know why I went all hurt on that but <laughs> it, it'd make a great cartoony mega weapon style thing and you know, you undersling his gun and it makes it look even cooler. And there's a whole lot of neat to this. So I'm not going to say, oh, my gosh, it's horrible. It's the worst thing ever. Um, because it's it's not. I'm sure that there are things that are worse out there. But I stubbed my toe the other day. That was worse. Yeah, that, that's that's worse than this is. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the, the retools that go into to making the wings. And I like the fact that, see, because that's something I was concerned about when we first saw photos with the way that this wing is stripped down in comparison to uh, Cyclonus and um, um, Silverbolt, I was afraid that with that it would be apt, you know potentially apt to break, and it's not. It's like a softer, um, more palm. You know, it's not the rigid ABS plastic. And then they even have a retool of the little fold back kits on the leg to be in that soft plastic too. Mm-hmm. So it's something that that has come together very well in my opinion. And like I said, it's it's the the dropping of some paint to apps that really stumbles it and I you know, I've like asked people, "So what did you use? Is it easy and would you do it for me?" Any any positive answers yet? Uh, I got some some paints. Uh, the the best response was somebody had like the 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 paint colors for the head, and then like uh, it was the but to make the um like the brown umber color was yeah, and then it's a mix of like these four paints. I was like, ah, crap. So here's the thing that blows it's, my mind. That brownish color that is just like another red on the toy. Like that dark maroon umber like color yeah. that isn't quite right still, but yeah, it's close. In, in the in the CAD model box art it was a lot browner looking. Yeah. Um that's one of those things where I'm also sitting there like going like is that maybe that plastic color just wasn't mixable? Because like I think that's almost the biggest blow to that toy is that he instead of being a brown and red toy, he is a red and red toy. Yeah, I, I think that having that like deep maroon brown would have gone a lot farther than this red and slightly darker red. Yeah, it it's it's a thing where the two colors are close enough that it makes you wonder if it's like a misshot color. Yeah, rather than with the you know the old you know maroon and red, it's pretty clear that you know that was the intent of the color. And that's the thing is when you look at, I mean, I'm sitting here, I've got some of the, the the CG images and man, those images from the, the CG model, that's definitely a maroon and a red. And some of those colors are there the way that they're supposed to be. And then. Yeah. Um, I, I feel, uh, red, you, you see red antenna sticking out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, I feel some empathy for Computron hardcores, but only a little bit because I his name is Betatron and all of this. Like, yeah. I feel like there's if, if there was fiction to go with this, I think there's a fiction way you could make this endearing. But that's like like I'm I'm he, his eye got hit in a color receptor <laughs> right before reformatting. Scattershot had a bad accident, okay, <laughs> and he is hardcore recovering. He still wants to take part in the fight. The other the other Technobots got hurt a lot worse, so for now he's just Betatron. He's he's yeah. The the back of his his uh like character bio stuff is that he's the one that they call in when the core robots of another group get hurt. See, that's kind of cool. That was my first thought is that, okay, maybe Silverbolt gets injured, so he's like the substitute teacher. Yeah. Right. Or like, and or, or you know, he's he's been hurt so bad, he's being reformatted into the new Combiner Wars tech, uh, and he's basically just, right now, he is a temp, like, template copy of Silverbolt because they have very, I don't know, compatible chassis. Yeah. And, uh, like, there's there's a fiction way that I, I can make this work. They're f- forge siblings and so it's a whole lot easier to do that yeah stuff like this isn't anything any computron fan actually wants to hear nope but i I feel like there's a (laughs) there's an interesting story to tell about betatron in the long run i don't know yeah it it, there's just a whole lot of things that were man close and then not and it's a it's a place where you know the cg shows you know a whole lot more color variation between the the maroon and the red more paint apps but even this is missing something that i thought would have been really good would have been from the like the aft portion that silver bolt to the cannon where they extended the windows two or three that's like goes down the airliner body yeah it would have been neat if they had some sort of of pinstripe in order to bring that color because it's like red to white would have been nice to have some sort of like blending for that Oh, so, so it's, it's not it, just it, like at this bulkhead line, it just rapidly changes color, but something yeah. like a, a lot of aircraft, uh, a lot of commercial craft have, you know, the, the pin line runs or, or top and bottom color schemes, stuff like that. You could have done, again, this is asking for more paint budget that whatever, but it would have been a neat way to cover up that transition. Like, yeah, some, something to make it less jarring and less patchwork. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean... I think that's by far the kindest breakdown of Scattershot I've heard so far. All credit due. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's if you don't have the basis of this mold before and wanted to try one, it's not a bad one. If you want yeah. Scattershot, it's pretty close to a G1 Scattershot, but close. Yeah. I, I feel like calling him Betatron, and I felt this way back when they revealed him. I was like, well, they're calling him Betatron. I don't feel like anyone's trying to tell you that's supposed to be Computron. Again, that's not anything a Computron fan actually wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think as Scattershot, the interim Betatron man, something about him could have clicked together if he wasn't red on red. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the paint apps on his head weren't for some reason, just trying to make him look like silver bolt, even though he already has silver bolts or uh, sorry, superior even though he already had sil- uh, Superion's head like this little tweaks. Like imagine if the Betatron combiner head had the paint apps done. So it was like more patchwork, like to make it look like there's like more exposed stuff on the faceplate just through some paint tricks, you know? 
mm-hmm. like paint it like Computron colors, but then put in some patches of like gunmetal on a few parts of the of the mouth plate, and then leave the leave the optics like black or something, like they aren't even lit up. I don't know. Um, we'll see what Repro Labels does with that toy, one way or another. Um, but yeah, anything else uh, on your end you want to talk about, Aaron? You got? It sounds like you got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so I I also got uh, all the Combaticons. So uh, onslaught. Uh, pretty much hot shot. The way that his head chest panel thing works is entirely different, obviously. Um, and I think it's really neat. Um, the the way that it lock it helps to additionally lock in his shoulders with a, another tab that goes in like the back of the robot mode mm-hmm. fist or whatever it is. I think is really interesting, even though like the box art shows him that way, but the instructions have you have his arms and the like the hot shot or the hot spot configuration, I think of him rotated down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, I still, I was surprised when we saw it uh, at Botcon or SDCC whenever they showed that off. That basically turning hot spot around made onslaught. Yeah, with some slightly different stuff. Um, I, I like the flap that makes up like the the cabin area of the cockpit. It's really a really neat thing and the way that that is attached to the thing that covers up the combiner port is really cool. That was a, a neat little bit of like flip over uh, fiddly engineering. Uh, the one issue that I have, and I don't know if it's a one-off or not, but my, the, the left leg combiner port flap has got some issue to it where it doesn't fully push and engage. So like normally when you put something into one of them, it locks just past the tab on the limb. Yeah, this one doesn't. It stays locked up in place and doesn't let me fully engage it. So I I think I need to. <clears throat> I can no longer find my tiny screwdriver screwdriver set. So I need to get myself a new tiny screwdriver screwdriver set. I mean, if you don't have and, one on hand, you you need one anyway. So right, <laughs> right. And pull those three screws and see if I if there's like a spring that's jammed out of place or or a bit of extra flash on something. Yeah, uh, that's keeping it from working. Uh, but no, beyond that, it's, I mean, if you have a hotspot, it's pretty much the same. And unfortunately, because of that, I think it, it lends to a little bit of imbalance. I have to pose him, um, like, uh, half a click out with the legs in order to keep him from just falling face forward. And I don't remember that problem with Defensor. Mm. So I think that having the leg, you know, it's not that, that thrust line as it were through the leg is pushed forward enough that i think it causes problems so i have to have him kind of kind of half stepping forward and bending backwards in order to keep everything lined up you know hopefully it's something that's that's uh, an obvious fix yeah I, I i think it will be once i get in there and work on it um so the two arms are the same damn molds that we've gotten how many times now uh there's a chart yeah um they both look good uh Vortex looks almost like a G2E color scheme. I don't remember Vortex being quite so colorful, but then again, I've not looked at a Vortex in quite a while, so... I mean, I'm I'm always happier for something a little more lively yeah. than, you know, like yeah. military drab. Right. Um, Swindle, I am very surprised that this is like a really one significant part remold from rook mm-hmm. 
there's a whole lot of you know the of the greeble details that are different you know because he's got like pouches on the sides of the doors and and the the arm details are different you know there's it's it's the skeleton but really the only change is the fact instead of a big clamshell piece it's like a roll cage piece and i didn't think that it was going to come off quite as well as it had but this is a sturdy little mold yeah that it's a it's a surprise to me really that this and that are the same thing mostly like I, I haven't looked in too much detail uh, in on the swindle mold now that it's out. I want to kind of wait to have the surprise in person. But mm-hmm. like just looking at it's pictures, good. yeah, like, like just looking at pictures, um, at a glance, I couldn't really tell what the trick was. Like I could tell that it was the same mold, but going right. into the alt mode, I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I, I can't just tell you what's changed on there. And it's cool if it's just like really one key part that's different. Right. I mean, it's it's the same thing where a whole lot of the panels are a little bit different. Yeah. Where these definitely aren't something where they shunt three things differently and you've got a different mold. I'd say that Rook and Swindle slash Hound, because I think Hound's probably going to be real similar to the Swindle other than like the head mold. Yeah, he's Swindle basically. They're not, they're not, you know, bog copies of each other, but the design bones are exactly the same. Yeah. You know, the design bones and then like meat and like just to like the subcutaneous fatty layer of the skin are all the same. And it's just like from that up, that's different. What about the hemoglobin? The hemoglobin that's like in the body. So that's the same. All right. If if you cut him, he will bleed. We'll see. Um, And then the all new one that we were talking about at the top. Yeah. So you've, you got, cause I know you're not alone. I know that that is definitely not the common occurrence, but it sounds like you've got a happy brawl. I've got a brawl that, that he's – I don't know if happy is the best. <laughs> well, I mean um, compared to the reports of I mean, the sad ones. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something that's intolerable. It's a slightly harder than soft detent that holds it together, if that language makes sense. Yeah. Um, it he, he takes poses all right, um, but it is – if you have – if you're holding legs – and you're holding upper body, and you have him try and bend backwards a little bit, that comes apart real easy. Yeah. So, yes, there definitely are better waist peg connections out there. However, with the experience that I did, I now, I did not remove the legs at the hips to do a full swap around in order to test it. However, I did everything up to that, and with the waist sitting like folded up underneath which is the way that it would have to sit in order to have the rotate the waist around and pull the legs off and swap them sides um up to that point it didn't seem like it was any better and actually seemed like it was worse than the way at least on mine that it sat um it's just that detent holds it well enough that it's going to stay in place and and i think flipping around that at least in my case, didn't provide it. You know, it it was a, at a detriment mm-hmm. uh, to it. And plus, you lose you lose the splash of color that's already on there, and it kind of rolls his hips forward a little bit and makes him like half a head shorter. And maybe the shorter works a little bit better for brawl because he's kind of a stocky, tanky dude. But yeah, 
Um, it's so weird because yeah. he's. I mean, they made. A, I don't know if they really made a big point, but it was. It was mentioned that he was like Rook, a uh, a Sui led design. And there's so much clever about him that I've seen that yeah, it sounds like it sounds like he just kind of got rushed out. I guess I hate I hate to come to that conclusion because you know I don't know, but it, right. it sounds like that that may well be what happened. Yeah, it it seems like. But man, I mean, the way that that's packed in there, I'm not exactly sure how, because there's like a threefold accordion flip around system, in order to get it all to to pack up and line in, and I don't know if maybe they went a little bit too complex for it to try and get it to compact a little bit better where maybe if you extended it a little bit to not have to fold it so much. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a professional toy designer. I just play with them and talk about them on the internet. Imagine if you were though, and you just chose to instead podcast about them. That then put my name on the boxes. Yeah. Even though you didn't design them like podcasted yeah. about by, Aaron yeah. Smith. Yeah, yeah. When we gonna get our credit? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he makes a great tank. Um, putting his hand foot gun on top of it looks pretty fun. Um, I kind of wish that the turret turreted. That bummed me um, out when I heard that. Like of all of, for all the waste stuff, the th- I don't know why hearing that his turret can't really turret for some reason really bummed me out. Right, and it's just like because his head pops up out of the middle of it. But still, you think that you could do like a bar across and come back and have a pivot point. But whatever. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, it would be for a tank because if you can only shoot straight, then you're, you're screwed. Hold still while but, I turn the entire tank. Right. Um, no sort of automatic gimbal tracking for you. Yeah. Um, but he's a Cybertronian tank. Why does he care? Um, but no, it's it's a good toy. Uh, I'd kind of be interested. To, I, I can see why this is maybe towards the end of the line because how many tanky repaints are there for for limbs? What what other tanks are there in combiners? Like other tank characters who we could just like. I want Quake out of that. Yeah. Whole... Well, I mean, you could do you could do other tank characters, yeah. but I'm saying what other like combiner outside of. Uh... Outside of the one in uh, Lyo Kaiser, that's about it. Yeah, Kill Bison. Right. Yeah, how how well is Kill Bison going to do in the U.S.? And I mean, going off of that Bacon toy, if they were to do a nose cone, if there is a tooling for a little drill to stick on the front. Right. Then, Which, I mean, that, that would almost be easy enough, depending on how you... Di- if you slammed the tank part forward, like the, the turret head forward, and just had it left there, maybe. Yeah. And the gun is a piece that comes off, so it can be a, a handheld weapon. It would be easy enough, and even with it back, I guess it would be easy enough to make like a drill thing that plugs in there instead of the tank barrel. Yeah, like I figure it's not going to be like you know a classic Yusha drill tank. It's going to be, as you said, more of a drill thing. But right, you know, it's a it's a drill thing. That's <laughs> I'm sure some third party could make a double headed drill that would make it more of a drill tanku. You didn't um, have a double headed drill. Well, he could, you know, we're going to make him, we're going to make him better. We're going to give him a six headed drill that like rotates like a revolver chamber. In which case, then you just get, turn it into a tunnel boring machine and it's all just a flat drill or drilling face. This is something from a Gurren Lagann fanfic, isn't it? How cool would it be to have a transformer who's like a friggin' tunnel boring machine? Because it wasn't the only one we ever got who was like that, like a mini con. Like one of Cyclonus' mini cons was just a a big drill. uh... Wasn't there also one of the um, the giant planet 
Minicon guys. Uh, a little uh, one. Yes. There's a little yeah. one, but not like that gigantic yeah. drill. Like when you think of like d- gigantic tunnel drilling thing, you're thinking the module from Ninja Turtles. Just Yeah, like it's literally just a drill, drill on treads. Yeah. And then I have the feeling that Transformer would be sad and depressed, kind of like Cosmos, because there's nobody else like down drilling with him. Wait, wasn't there? Hey a... guys, I I made a tunnel for you. Oh, you're just going to run by? Okay, well I'll I'll drill one going the, the... back to the base because they, they know where this one. Okay, one of the power bye, core combiner mini cons was literally just a drill, and it was one of my favorite ones. I just remembered him now. He was like purple. Oh right, I remember who you're talking about. It's the one that came yeah. with uh, Sledge. Yes. That was a cool little transformer. I'm, I'm just campaigning more drills, please, in transformers. I got this. I get this thing, image in my head now, just like cosmos up in space, and then those coming down the center of the Earth, and they're just having this endless Twitter conversation because they're so lonely. Yeah, no one ever talks to them. People just say, hey, nose cone, go drill another tunnel through the center of the Earth. We need more magma. He's like, but but you don't need uh-huh. more magma. It's like nose cone, you don't know that because we don't tell you privileged things. Okay, go drill the hole. And he just starts tweeting. He starts angrily subtweeting on his other private Twitter account just to Cosmos. <laughs> grudge tweets. <laughs> grudge tweets. And then, That's how you get grudge energy. Yeah, he becomes the mini. He becomes the Legends toy for Grand Galvatron. We found a <laughs> perfect fit. Uh, Hashtag grudge digging. I got a, a question on my Tumblr. I still haven't actually answered, but I thought it was a, it was a neat question. Someone was like, "How is it that Brawl now has happened twice? Has had an original toy both times?" And was not all that great of a standalone toy both times. Like, what did Brawl do to, to to make someone mad at him this way? And I was like, that's kind of a funny point. Yeah, there's Brawl has he has no excuse. He's had original toys twice, and they were like, a, they were arguably a weak link in their teams. Mm-hmm. Poor Brawl. <laughs> what did he do? Uh, all right. Well, Aaron, uh, anything else Transformers wise? Uh, you'd like to cover. Uh, I I got the uh, two. Oh, I forget the the combo pack. The what are they? The Minicon attack packages or whatever. Right. Uh, oh, 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 where yeah. it's Optimus Prime and Sideswipe with the clip on armor pieces that all combine and to make giant Energon weapon things. Yeah, and then you just get one of the Bakugan Minicons with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the two little ball Minicons. The one that's like the chest face dude. Yeah. And then one that's like the uh, clamshell guy where he like power hug, where he just wants to give you a hug with his big weird arms. I got one question about them. Do those ball mini cons do anything of note with the figures they're packed in with? Nope. All right. That's nope. all I want it to know sh- about. It sh- <laughs> like both of the thing, both of the instructions of like how you build this big crazy, like Prime's thing becomes this like, four-bladed double sledgehammer thing instead of his axe. God, that's awesome. And then the <laughs> one thing that it shows with the Minicon is, like, hitting it. And when I first saw it, and like, how you build this giant monstrosity thing, I thought, like, oh, this has a way that you can grab it because the angle kind of looked like the top teeth had a hold of the ball. And so I sat there for, like, three minutes going, <laughs> is it, does it hook on, does it? No, that does that no. Well, no, there's like a, a a thing there that looks like no, that doesn't squeeze in. No, well, that's on the other side. And it was eventually like they sold me a false bill of goods. You sons of yeah, they sold you a thing to make you but, go and buy that new guy with the mohawk who looks kind of like Impactor. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the the one issue I had with Primes is so 
his chest piece has the head plate that flips over and the two pegs that peg into like his shoulders are supposed to peg into the back of the axe. Yeah. But they don't hold together. So any movement of that and then you've got a loose random piece. Darn. And then um, side swipes. Yeah, I've, I've lost. It. It's probably on the couch. His there's like a star piece that becomes like a cross guard for his weird giant grabby arm thing that just like plugs into the side of the tire and falls off at a whim. So that sucks. Like all of these clear energon armor things, they're really neat. And I see them becoming something that's just in a bag that gets put together and away because they're little tiny pieces that would disappear in a sneeze. Well, how, how are the base but, figures? Cause I'm fascinated by the fact that they are already out. They're both, they're both pretty good. They're, I'd say that, they're like the old legends in Transformer. Like Cyberverse in, Commander in Trans- kind of? Like the Cyberverse Commander style legends, yeah. Where it, they're very poseable. Um, elbow, shoulder, uh, maybe a little bit of shrug on sideswipe here. Uh, head left and right. You got ball joint hips and hinge knees and a little bit of action on the foot for toe. Do you feel like those are the guys to put with Deluxe Grimlock? Size-wise, maybe. Because that's where I feel like they would – because they look fascinating. I kind of want to get them, but I'm like with, – with Rid Toys, I'm like, all right. I got to – I base all my Rid Toy buying kind of around the Grimlocks. So I'm like, yeah, are these going to finally be the guys with, who go with Deluxe Grimlock? Like a Deluxe Grimlock, these guys are smaller than enough. I know I bought a Grimlock at one point in time, but I have no idea where it's at yeah. in relationship to my desk. Um. But yeah, these guys are smaller. I they would Grimlock would be a little bit imposing to them, I think. Excellent, because I, I basically I'm trying to come up with an excuse to want to pick them up because I think they like. And of course, in saying this, that means that I will end up with another superfluous Grimlock who is too short. Unless I just skip the Grimlock, which is what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they looked like that sideswipe, especially. I was like, that looks like a real solid, simple car transformer. Yeah, yeah, they're both pretty good. Uh, as, as they are, I think I like Sideswipe a little bit better than Optimus Prime. I've I've not had a case of this R.I.D. Optimus Prime toy that I've liked. Yeah, it's a bummer. He's and he's added a couple decent swings too. Yeah. Uh, they they've all just felt slightly lacking, but yeah, I I, eh. I like the deluxe a lot, but it's he he falls into Grimlock territory where it's like it's a shame that he just looks like he is meant to go with different toys than the ones mm-hmm. that are around him. Um, yeah uh that is that is it for my transformings all righty uh well tj how was your transformers miss uh surprisingly light on the transformer end because there's nothing out probably that's (laughs) because you got the combaticons already i've got the combaticons already i need the voyager still but i'm kind of holding off christmas time sucks for me because everyone's everyone in my life is like i don't know what you have like, That's why you just got to tell them, like, listen, just go buy me whatever and then like, give me a gift receipt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I well, I, I just gave my Amazon list this year and said, just do whatever. Yeah. I've double checked that. I've got, you know, I've got every, everything I have is off that list. So whatever. Just grab what you want. Uh, my family is far more practical this year. So toys, Transformers, especially at a limited. But strangely enough, in things that I haven't taken off my list in the last four years. Uh, the only Transformer that I ended up 
with over Christmas was the commemorative series version of Perceptor. So that's Ooh. the one from a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like the stand- okay. Uh, and he didn't have that new slide thing, right? Like that new slides thing in the two pack is brand new. No, yeah. The, the old toy did not have the new thing. Okay. I couldn't remember if they, if that slides thing came from the old commemorative or not, no. but, uh, straight up reissue. Cool. I like Perceptor. Yeah. He's surprisingly nice. Like he is very unassuming as a microscope transformer. Yeah. And posable for a G1. Yeah, that's what that's what surprised me. I've never had any experience with this toy before. Oh, yeah. No, uh, that was like actually see oh oh wow, he actually does have a decent level of articulation for G1. That's impressive. He was he was my boy when I was a when I was a really little kid. Like he led a lot of my Autobots cuz he could do stuff. <laughs> yep. And uh yeah, I di- I dig the triple changing. It's a weird little tank mode, but it kind of works. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the microscope mode it actually has the has uh, the mirror that can be put in the correct positioning. Yeah, that's easy to forget. And yeah, just like surprisingly articulated little robot mode. And he's a like big block chunky figure too. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is just nothing but just like solid bricks connected to each other on swivels. No, I have a, especially as the years have gone on, I've got a lot of adoration for that toy. That That's one of the best toys of its era, in my opinion. This is a standalone robot man. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like the toy does not get its justice because, oh, well, well it doesn't turn into a jet or a tank or anything like that. It well, turns into a tank it enough. It gets a tank, tankish, tankish. Yeah. I saw the two pack with Blaster at Target uh, the other day. See. And it looked really cool. I was looking. I was looking at that. Like I, I, I kind of wanted that because I like the new pieces. And I didn't have either mold. So like I, I kind of want that. Kind of want that. And then, you know, this one comes in. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need that now. I guess. I'm sure if you really want the slides thing, you could get it off somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm, I should just go look it up. The slides thing looked fascinating because it looks like it has a way to mount on his robot mode too, like on his back. Um, it was on the packaging photos, but that thing was also a hundred bucks. Yeah, and I mean, Blaster and Perceptor are both toys that I could see being fifty dollar toys right now, sort of. Kinda, yeah. But uh, it's Blaster with three of his cassettes too. Um, so it, it was neat. I didn't know it was out in the states, so it was kind of cool to see in person. And then I was like, I wonder if it's cheap, and it wasn't. No, but I've got my friend uh, Carl down in Arizona, who's like, you know. I've got some old G1 stuff lying around. I got my old blaster. If you want it, I can just send it to you because I'm sending you stuff anyway. Like, oh, uh, if you send me that, then I can't get that two pack of Target because I need I I don't have that perceptor either. And, well, no, you, you get that yeah. so you have spare blaster parts oh, but yeah. in case. Yeah, spare blaster bla- parts. Bla- old blaster, I believe, is famous for his spring load mechanism self destructing, and I don't know how much that was fixed on the reissue. I can't imagine. That toy's been reissued a few times now. I cannot imagine it's still busted. Yeah, either way, like as far as I know, surplus blasters are never a bad thing. If you if you're talking about the old one. Well, well, I was thinking about dropping like 100, 110 bucks on that target pack and now I've got Perceptor that wandered into my life under the Christmas tree this year and now I've got, you know, potentially a blaster if if one can get dug up. So like, oh, well. Hit up eBay for steel, John. I'm good. Sweet. Yeah, he's he was a surprisingly nice figure. I didn't I didn't anticipate that out of a microscope. 
Yeah. No, anyone out there who has not messed with a Perceptor, you know, this reissue coming out, now is your time. Um, very good toy. But uh, that's that's it for your Transformers end this week? Yeah, pretty thin until I can make my own orders. And until, like, Transformers are out. Yeah, that would help, too. Um, well, I got some fresh Transformers, and some of them are still not totally out yet, because I, I got in on some Hasbro Toy Shop action right before I came over to the States for uh, this little holiday season I'm staying here for. I got two Legends toys and a Warrior toy. One of those Legends toys is this Titans Return preview buzzsaw, is what I'm calling him. Okay. Uh, friggin' weird, is what he is. Um... But the best way I can explain him is that if you're looking at photos of him and you're going like, huh, getting him in hand will not do anything to clear that up. Uh, he's weird. Um, and I think the only real criticism I have for him is a lack of any kind of paperwork or packaging marking saying anything about Titan's return. Because it's just it's just giving you buzzsaw. Go like, here he is. It's like, well, who is this? Figure it out. Uh, it's weird as hell. I'm going to double check the instructions just in case I'm missing something. But. Yeah, no, it's just it's just showing you how to transform him between his three modes. Um, the stickers for his tablet mode are super neat. Um, they also are in a perfect position to get rolled up on one edge when you're transforming him if you don't pay attention to, to everything being in the right place. Um, but they look pretty cool. I really like his um, condor mode when you swivel the wings around 180 so the thin gray bits are on the outside and then you fold them flush against his body. Then he looks really good. If you If you do the stock transformation, he looks dumb. Um, the tablet mode's fine. The tank mode is adorable. Whatever it is, I'm just gonna call it a tank. The little forklift thing—it's adorable. If someone got that and had no idea what Titan's Return is, I could totally see like just staring at this thing and going like, "What did I do? Like, am I done?" I guess so. There's four wheels. Uh, so he's weird. You probably don't need to get him, but I, I think he's kind of—he's got a little something here and there. Um, I was able to get. When I flipped the wings around, I was able to get his condor mode to emote more than I thought it would by, like, kind of tilting the wingtips up and down. Uh, then I forgot about him entirely because I got Legend Shockwave, and Legend Shockwave is... I'm probably going to make this my toy of the year, I think. I think I might. <laughs> this is this is a Legends toy that... He has no waist joint, and I'm only saying that's a bad thing because he's one waist joint away from being able to perform a perfect rider kick or do the Iron Man punch the ground. Uh, he's ridiculously posable for a Legends toy. He's ridiculously beefy for a Legends toy. I'm sure a lot of this comes by virtue of him turning into a stick for his alt mode. But, like, turning into a stick, he has Fig Arts hips. And, TJ, you mentioned on Twitter, like, they actually work as Fig Arts hips. Mm -hmm. They have soft locking points so they don't just wing around all over the place. Like, this is an incredibly well-done toy. Uh, I'm going to try to get a couple more just to do some mods and to play around. And because, like, god damn, this is a good toy. Uh, I'm ecstatic to see whatever the Japanese release is like. I'm, like, chomping at the bit for the Action Master one in the G2 box set. I want to know what his pre-tool is, if there is one. Um, he's really good. Uh... I, I can only really gush like he's got some I mean, his downsides are like, I guess, no ankle tilts, and no waist joint. And he's only got single jointed elbows in robot mode, despite there being a double joint there. Junk. Yeah. I know, and here's the thing. I'm saying all this about a Legends toy, right? So think about it for a second. <laughs> uh, God damn, he's good. Um, and it's it's it, yeah. The only real bummer about his alt mode is that dumb second handle, which makes it hard for me to just give him to people. 
That's why I'll just try to get a second one. And I'll lop that piece off and see if it ruins the toy or not. Uh, so good. That's all. I'm, I'm going to keep gushing. I'm going to go into another gush. I got R.I.D. 2015 Warrior Fracture. Uh, I can confirm the toy exists. Absolutely. I also think this might be the best rid toy of the Warrior class so far. I have not messed with Megatronus, but I do not believe anything Megatronus does could outdo what Fracture does. And like Megatronus looks like a sharp toy, but his alt mode inherently is a little flawed in that it is clearly missing a lot of the bulk from the show model. Um, yeah. Fracture is a gorgeous bike transformer. And he's a gorgeous bike transformer operating inside the soft limitations, the like, you know, two or three dollars, I think, under budget limitations to a normal deluxe that the warrior class is getting. Because as a warrior class toy, this is like a really good bike transformer. His robot mode has barely any bike stuff hanging off of it. The front nose and wheel of the bike like accordions into his back to form like a super tight backpack. And then his bike mode, like his robot body balls up into a gorgeous bike shape. And then the the, the backpack unfolds into the front nose of the bike. And it, it's beautiful. Um, the only downside of his bike mode is because his whole robot body is the bike. There's no real way to get any toys to sit on his bike and ride it because there's no room for their legs. Like the, the his arms are folded around the part where, a, you know, a rider's legs would usually go. So you'd have to have someone who's sitting like in like a, a poop squat position to like fit on there. And it just looks kind of silly. And yo, that's my only downside with his vehicle mode is that random toys can't ride it easily. So that's when that's the only downside. Something good is happening. Also, his weapon is like this big ass like sniper cannon. He can hold it like a gun, like you know, there's a peg to store it on vehicle mode as a sidecar, and he can hold it, you know, by that peg to just have it pointing straight forward. It has two other pegs on it, one on the very end and one inside the middle of the gun. They're both pointing the same direction. If you use those pegs, it's to allow him to kind of BS holding the sniper cannon in a proper like rifle posture, even though his posability would not allow for it otherwise. Uh, it's a very clever solution to that problem. And, uh, and like his posability, he's not really missing anything. It's just very, it's, he's got all the basics and that's it. Uh, they're all well done. Like he's a really good toy. The only, the only case where I'd say you shouldn't be picking up this toy is if you see him and he's 20 bucks. He's not a $20 toy by any way, shape or form. Like he is a solid $13 toy that you should maybe pay 15 for. Um, and I, it just really highlights the biggest shame of the warrior class toys is like they are slightly less good than deluxes in terms of their parts count. Yet they often end up costing four to five dollars more than deluxes. And it's just it's off putting for everybody. Like I'd say, if, like maybe if you're if you're patient, the Adventures Japanese release of this is going to be at a much more palatable price point for the amount of paint it's going to probably get in addition. Um Warrior Fracture is a really good toy that I expect a lot of people are going to end up skipping. Uh, and I, I was I was incredibly impressed by him. Like, I, I'm usually ready for Warrior toys to have limitations by nature of their unique price point, or I guess unique design of price point, less so than retail price point. And Fracture, I didn't really feel any of that. Like, I look at him and I'm like, man, if this guy had like a Combiner Wars budget or you know a slightly older deluxe budget like imagine how much more poseable his robot mode would have been because it's already pretty good like the only major joint missing is a waist and there's space for a waist but you know that's the crunch you hit with warrior class 
uh, such a cool transformation, uh, especially for this line. Like, it, I'm really blown away by Fracture. I really like him. Uh, it's given me wildly unrealistic expectations for Thunderhoof whenever he finally comes out. But uh, yeah, Fracture is good. Get him. Um, he should be out in some places because apparently his wave with regular Megatronus is out and about in some spots now. Uh, and I think he's now available again on Hasbro Toy Shop. So if you have some kind of coupon code, you can hit them up. Um, were either of you guys thinking of picking up Fracture or have I hopefully talked you into it? Because you totally should. I'm kind of thinking about it. It's really good. Yeah. He's up there with, with Animated Prowl, in my opinion. Ooh. As far as a transformation scheme. Like, he really pulls I, it off. I really do want that toy, but there's really nothing else at HTS that I'm after right now. Are there even any codes at HTS right now? Like, I tried a whole bunch of the ones that were working a few weeks ago, and it looks like they're all done. Yeah, I, I, I think they kind of burned out around Christmas time. Yeah, all, all they have right now is that free shipping on 50 and up, and it's like, I guess, order three fractures? <laughs> uh, anyway, the only other thing I got that's somewhat on topic, because uh, I got one for me and one for Kryn, is Make Toys Rear End, which is their Manga Mech series volume two release it's uh tailgate from more than meets the eye designed very much to look like tailgate from more than meets the eye uh, he comes with a little upgrade kit for universe cyclonus that i haven't really messed with yet uh the little little rear end though the little tailgate this is a really good toy um mine doesn't have any of the issues some other folks have had with his shoulder segments tabbing in in robot mode properly um really emotive Looks like he jumped right off the page um a very neat little transformation that is like it's quick it's 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 like with their with their swerve. It's quick, it's kind of simple, but it has like two or three really clever bits that make you go like, "Oh right, this is like higher end." Um, and I'm very impressed with him. I think he is actually a more solid release than uh, Trash Talk and and Cogwheel. Uh, his, I feel like his vehicle mode and robot mode they both just they they are a bit more emotable, whereas those other two. I felt like they're they're quite poseable, but they generally look like they're in anime action poses no matter what they're doing. Uh, Rear End is able to do some more, like, I guess, quieter, more subtle poses. Um, doesn't come with any accessories outside of the Cyclonus add-ons, but uh, other than that, like, I, I really dig them. I guess the, the only real quote-unquote problem, and it's a problem for me because I, I like the book a lot, all of the stuff in the set is based on season one of More Than Meets the Eye. Uh, the Cyclonus head has only one horn. Um, tailgate here has bomb disposal written on his arm. Uh, I kind of wish there had been option parts for like, I guess, quote unquote, season two. Um, I, I'm astounded that there's no two horn option for the Cyclonus head. Uh, it feels like this toy was designed by someone who really loved everything up till Dark Cybertron and then stopped reading, basically. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm hoping that there can be like, I don't know, maybe a make toys can do some kind of bonus kit to like you know, swap some forearm parts on tailgate or, you know, give you a two horned head for Cyclonus. Um, as it is, it's still a very strong piece. I really like it. Uh, and he's, he's super fun and adorable. Uh, goes really well with the render form hoverboard, uh, that recently came out. Um, that's about it for my on topic stuff. Uh, I guess we're going to go into the off topic land. Uh, Aaron, anything off topic for you that you want to hit us up about? Um, Oh, uh, the Lego Nexo Knights. I we were act- actually out at uh, Barnes and Noble, 
and I found myself the the basic kit thing, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, Nexo Knight, and uh, it's definitely not the Aaron head. Well, what I've come to call the Aaron head. It's a big cheesy grin on one side and a kind of like half serious smirk type of look on the other. But this is the the set that I think is intended for whatever app based game they have because he's got uh this like transparent green like uh lime green armor that uh comes with a shield that has arrows and so his he has it's a new um push weapon thing where you push a thing down and it shoots out this ball with a stem behind it mm-hmm. and then two like doc ock arms over the top of his back but then he has a yellow like target shield thing that and a separate helmet that has like spotters goggles and a crossbow or a and a bow and arrow as a weapon or the third one is a banana on a shield and four bananas banana power that become his weapon so uh it's interesting i was going to download the game and see if it's just like a dumb kids game thing with real life scannable stuff in which case you just have a printout that has all the shields on it or or how it is but it was a neat little ten dollar build that got me to buy lego because it said aaron and i'm dumb i uh, i watched some lego videos the other day because i was just in the mood and i hadn't for a while and i caught up on some mm-hmm. of that next night stuff that shield piece apparently is new like the shield yeah. diamond, and that is used for the floor of the new modular bank to give it some kind of cool textile patterns. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. That's the the bank is on my. I'm thinking like New Year's Day since I have all of that time off going to the Lego store in Indianapolis because so like they have. I saw there's a new. Um, uh, it's not creator. It's Technic set out that is a coaxial. Uh, helicopter where it's two sets of rotating blades that are on the same axis Ooh, nice that's similar to uh the uh sikorsky x2 raider that's important for work yeah yeah it has work implications um that that is out the uh the bank will be out that day the um oh what's the other thing the ghostbusters firehouse will be out that day but i don't know if i'm going to be dropping Three hundred fifty dollars right off the bat Me for that. Neither, yeah. But uh, the other two, I am both very interested in, and after seeing uh, the Star Wars movie, I kind of want to get Poe's X-wing. Oh man, I saw a beautiful sight today or yesterday. Sorry, at uh, Toys R Us mm-hmm. uh, the day after Christmas. Uh, the, the Lego Star Wars section in the Lego area of that Toys R Us was uh-huh. gone. It was just a big yeah. empty void. That was, I saw a Pose X-Wing at Walmart. The box looked like somebody had sat on it in a couple of different dimensions. <laughs> and then it had been found underneath wherever it had gotten stashed and then put on the shelf. And I wasn't going to pay that. The retail price for, for that, especially not knowing like how much is damaged. We're going to have to go and buy a bunch of stuff. And then it's like, well, there are already a couple big ticket items. I might as well either do a shop.lego.com purchase or a in-person Lego store purchase so that I get points on top of everything else because, yeah, there'll be there will be a reckoning. Yeah, I don't know if you want spoilers or not, but there's there's uh, some videos out of the bank now and it's it's a pretty cool looking thing. 
Have have they done the designer video yet? I don't know. I just saw the Jang video. Okay. Um, which is basically just a tour of the thing. There's that one. I, I'm sure this is another modulars, but I never noticed it's showcased this much. The bank has got like aside from the modular, you know, stripping the layers off setup. Mm-hmm. There's also like a set piece inside of it that is built to just remove as its own little separate diorama if you want. I don't know if any other modulars have done that. Yeah, it's really it was really cool. Like it, it's built with, you know, like where it's only connected by four studs or so. So it's meant to come out if you want it to um, on like a stud on each corner. And there's a whole mm-hmm. little block uh, inside the bank that can remove. So you can just check out both the build and the gimmick up close. Hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, man, Lego is, is is a thing that I'm happily spectating for the time being again because I have too much unbuilt. Yeah, I think I think that the the bank will be the thing Cause because I got you know everybody in the family was like I had no idea what to get you so here's some cash. Oh dear. Like, okay, that's fine. Um, so I have a bunch of cash. You know what I didn't that, know about uh, the bank until I watched a video, and this is all something that I probably should have known, but I just I didn't look into the bank that much. I didn't know about the laundromat attached to it. Yeah. And so I was like, holy crap, this is a bank and the laundromat, which is probably the perfect place to attach, you know, the the slim apartment building separatable modular that I just got, the pet shop. Uh-huh. Like, it's built for that little block of slim buildings. Yeah, and, and because, like, the detective agency is actually, like, three different things all yeah, side by well, side. That, like, detect, like, if you go bank, detective agency, pet shop, and just line all that up, you have, like, six miniature buildings mm-hmm. all just piled together. I was like, that's really clever. That makes... The, the the one problem I have with modular go away, which is that you have these titanic buildings and then like two or three tiny slim ones crammed on the end. Like now you could just have a little block, like a very populated slim block uh, yeah. with, a, with, a, with a bank on one corner. Like it's perfect. I was like, man, that's really smart. It's like Lego knows what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had one. You know, this this would be pretty good to go with it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, you've got that one. You know what else would go really well? Uh, oh no! You you don't have you don't have this one. It's retiring soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's now I'm to the point where if I get the bank, then I'm going to have three corner pieces, which means I need some place in order to display it dynamically, so I can get like a rounded view or set up a new. Sh- I already need to set up a new shelf because the existing one where I have modulars just isn't long enough. It's starting to become a problem, man. Just get them all. Just get them yeah. all. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> now that we've figured out how your finances are going to hurt in early 2016. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that and I have three weeks in a row of only working three days a week. Oh, lots of time to build all that Lego. So, yeah. <laughs> to give you the best way to look at that that you possibly can. Yeah. You should get some more Lego so you have more stuff to build during that time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's totally going to help the situation. Yeah, tell Alfie I said that. It will help. Yeah. Um. Anything else off topic to you want to cover? Okay, a couple shirts, uh, gift cards. You gonna start a, a the, shirt review YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. Look for it. All right. Soon. Uh, Aaron's torso coverings. I. That's actually a pretty. That's a pretty cool idea. <laughs> All right. Well, Merry Christmas, Aaron. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, belatedly, of course. DJ, uh, anything off topic you would like to share with the group? Oh, I got some interesting things. All right. Dead bodies. 
No, we, those generally don't come till New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, in a similar vein to Transformers, I got a Web Diver Griffon. Is this like something you've been needing for a while to finish the collection? Because I remember we used to talk about yeah. Web Diver a bunch. Yeah, it is. Is he the jet? Yeah, he's the jet. How did he become rare? <laughs> Time, I guess. Because the blue jet, right? Yeah. Like the little one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one of the ones that was stinking up Big Bad Toy Store for years. I think it's just that was the one that was left over. Yeah. It's like, you know, all the rare ones evaporated like a decade ago at this point. You know, but I remember the first three, him, Jaguaron, and Sharkon stayed around forever. Yeah. But. Yeah. I kept putting it off because I always had the thought in my head. It's like, well, yeah, I know they're sold out here, here, and here, here but it, there's always one on Amazon. I can go get it anytime I want. And then it turns out this was the last one. So I'm like, oh, thank God someone got it for me for Christmas. Nice. I mean, nice in that you completed a collection. Yeah. I, I recall Griffon being a highly forgettable web diver toy. Oh, he is. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> that that was... Uh... That it's very anticlimactic because yes, I did finish the whole collection. I have all the web divers now. You finally got the stinker yeah. that you didn't. <laughs> he's have. the bad one. I mean, he's got a cool. I remember. I remember this going all the way back to when that was a new toy line. What a cool jet mode. Anyway, was basically the way to talk yeah, about. Griffon. What a cool jet mode with these massive arms hanging out out under the wings. Yeah, what a cool jet mode from the front. <laughs> Because he really is one of those figures that just kind of wears the jet on his back. And it's, ignore the massive piles of robot underneath. And then he doesn't really turn into a nice biped bird man. He kind of just turns into a thing. It's supposed to be a griffin. It's, uh, it's a bird gorilla. Yeah, it's like a griffin that is also trying to be a biped, but isn't. Yeah. And yeah, man, griffon. Yeah. I think I got mine for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I remember they were going for that for a while. If I got, and I, I think I got one. I can't remember. That's all such a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's an anticlimactic way of ending off a toy line. But hey, it's a finished toy line. Yeah. Um, slightly more exciting. Uh, got a Marvel Select Carnage. When did that come out? Uh, I want to say last. I want to say something in my head said it was early this year. Because I kept I kept uh, pre-ordering, canceling it, and finally just came out and went away. So no, my immediate thought was me mixing him up with that newer Marvel Select Venom. Hmm. Uh, well, how is he? Because you know Marvel Select, I hear ups and downs about that line. Uh, I'm quite happy with it. Cool. It's my first experience with Marvel Select, but it seems like a pretty solid figure. Like. The sculpting on it's really, really good, which is kind of tricky on Carnage because it's a very chaotic design. You know, they gave you all these little tendrils that you can plug in on various spots, however you want. They gave you like extra ones that can be bent into whatever shape you need. Yeah, but he's got a lot going on, and he gets and he gets his like replacement hands, which are extra blades, of course. And then I love Carnage. Yeah, I was the right demographic when he came out. Yeah, I, I was too. Like that—that that was my mission when those when Maximum Carnage was out. It's like I was at the, I was I was at the comic book shop every week, just calling out. Do you have the next one? Do you have the next one yet? Which one am I missing? No, the the toy came out 
like really cool I, I will say like if you look carefully the paint is kind of sloppy where like you can see where the the molding is here and the paint is there at the same mm -hmm. time it's carnage so you really can't notice it yeah most of the time when he was in comics there wasn't a lot i mean full respect to the artists who were drawing him visually there wasn't a ton of rhyme or reason to him yeah yeah because he's just he's supposed to look like like flowing blood yeah, he's supposed to just be a splat that grows knives. Pretty much. I will say he do, they did get it right, because the, the thing that bugs me on Carnage's is when they can't figure out how to do the mouth. Yeah, I got that yeah. uh, when uh, Spider-Man still had like a like a five inch figure line. I got the Carnage from that line and like the teeth are all like stringy gummy together. I think I remember that one. It's kind of weird. And then a lot of times the artist feels a need to put like actual fangs on Carnage. Yeah, no, it's just got to be that, like, kind of discordant, jagged thing. Yeah, it's a jagged black teeth with the pink inside the mouth. Like, that's Carnage. That's yeah. the design, and that's how they did this head, so that already qualifies. I will say it also comes with the ultimate Carnage head, in case you do want something a little bit more monstrous. Yeah, and you know, good on him. He Ultimate Carnage did a thing. Yeah, he did a thing. <laughs> It came with a, it came with a Cassidy head that's like half symbiote, half actual face, which is like a yeah, really good so. design. Uh, but yeah, I I don't have anything really awful to say about him. He looks really cool. The articulation's really good, and he's way out of scale with everything else I own. Excellent. He's just beefed up on on death. You know, he's. It's like in that old uh, Spider-Man arcade game, the symbiotes made him grow slightly. That was always so weird. Yeah. Fighting a I mean, giant, was, fighting a giant also venom, venom for some reason. Yeah, the first level too. Like, that's all yeah. I ever saw that game for the longest time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's like, I remember that from my childhood, just going to, an, going to an arcade, and the only thing I can remember that game is I had to fight, like, a ten-story tall venom. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the controls changed when you were small. The, oh, God gonna make me angry at that game all over again and i haven't played it in like 20 years uh, i remember uh it was a reckoning when I, I i i played past the venom level some some time after my childhood i don't remember how or when but uh i have a soft spot for that game that's one of the first games where it was like holy crap arcades have fancy sprites and this this looks unreal to me because you know i was the kid with an nes <laughs> um anyway uh Sounds like Carnage was cool. Carnage was uh, cool. What else have you got off topic? Uh, adding to the figure arts, Deca Red and Gokai Red. I, for some reason, assumed you had Gokai Red. It's kind of strange, because I had a Gokai Blue that I eventually sold off, and then... Right! Yeah. I had a Gokai Blue I eventually sold off, and then someone gifted me a Gokai Green, and now I have a Gokai Red. So I'm like... Well, now I wish I had the blue, because I'd have half the team by now. Not not too hard to come by on the aftermarket. Oh, oh no, no, but, you know, you like to be that one little extra bit up. Yeah. Well, how do you like um, the, I mean, to me, the main thing about him that's worth discussing, how do you like the arms cross trick? Uh, that's that's kind of neat. I always get a little bit hesitant when there's a figure art, like, this is one thing that kept me from buying Piccolo, which was, do I really want to pull something off that I'm not used to yanking off? Because I'm used to yanking off heads and hands at this point, but popping off of the bicep feels a little bit weird to me. 
Yeah, for for reference, for those who don't know, Gokai Red is a he's a you know Red Ranger figure who would cross his arms a lot, and to do that on the figure, they made it so that there was an accessory. If you popped both his arms off of the biceps, a crossed arm piece that then pegged into those two bicep sockets allowed him to have crossed arms without you know having to figure out how to make a toy do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever works. Yeah, it was neat at the time. Yeah, and the Gokaijers are still like excellent for figure arts because they come with everything yeah okay you get your sword you get your gun you get your morpher you get your like was no 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 nine extra hands they were the great hope for sentai figure arts for me they were um i love the tiny little keys they come with yeah for all the pain you know that those things could bring like yeah they were just such a complete package and everyone you know if you bought them when they came out everyone came with their piece of the cockpit as well yeah, mine did not have the Darren. Oh, man. Yeah. Tra- I mean, if you track down the whole team, track those things down like that is a display. Uh, you know, I, I don't think all hope is necessarily lost on Sentai Fig Arts in the grand scheme of things. In the short term, it probably will be quiet for a while, but it would be so great to see another team get the treatment the Gokaiders got. I don't know. Like they just come out with random ones like Sun Vulcan got a got released like, wow random yeah you know they they have this pose i really like <laughs> yeah, he was he was neat uh uh decker red pretty much pre- i i could say pretty much the same stuff about decker red yeah again he's got a bunch of hands he's got a ton he's got all his accessories and he, he's 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 from the Akiba ranger era yeah so. that was the thing like i've got a boken red and I have Decorad now, so now I have two of the three pieces of their cannon. Mm-hmm. I I forget who has the last piece. I remember handcuffs, and I remember the shovel, and that, yeah, I don't remember the last part. Yeah, the handcuffs and shovel I have. Now I... Oh, God, that's going to bug me. Like, right. Well, whilst it's bugging you, and I'm looking it up... I, uh, here's the thing. How do you feel about... I don't okay. I don't have any Occupy Ranger figure arts, and no desire to get them. So just like I just have a shovel and a little pair of handcuffs lying around for no reason. You know that you could you could like get the team for like fifteen dollars off Mandarake. I don't want the team. That's the thing. Like, I, like for ridiculously cheap. Also, the last part was the thing that came with Jetman, whatever. Or Red was it Red Falcon? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the Jetman wing pack. Okay, That's the last piece. All right. Yeah, but yeah, you, you can get. I mean, you can get the season two version of the team, at least for like four hundred to eight hundred yen per figure. But I, I was never big on Akiba Ranger, so I just never really wanted them. But you're so close. I uh, would okay. I'll put it this way: I w- I would rather buy Red Falcon and then like put those three pieces on eBay and get back the money I spent getting Red Falcon. You could probably do that. That might be the plan at this point. All right. Yeah, adding Damn. to adding Sentai to my Red Rangers. Because there is cool. like the childhood in me that really wants to see just like that forever red style lineup, just like a ton of Red Rangers on my shelf at the same time. Yeah, it'll happen. If anyone still gets made, it'll be Red Rangers. Uh, beyond that, uh, there's a combo change Sagozo that was in the in the pile. Weird. 
this was such a bizarre Christmas because my family has never done any kind of import toys. They've never done any kind of common Rider, Sentai, no nothing. So it was just like wish list adventures. Yeah, it was just that sounds so fun, though. It was because like, like, OK, like I keep a wish list of like 200 things. Just because yeah. I'll just add anything I want on there. Right? Oh, yeah, that might be a good to have add. I don't know why I need salad tongs, but I thought I did a week ago. Fire and forget. Did you get salad tongs? No, I did not. Well, you okay? I, now I'm they were only on high priority. They didn't go for that. Needed highest. You put an old O's combo change figure on highest. <laughs> look, look, I've had a lot of this stuff on there a long time now. That was at a time when I had like. I was like really into those combo change figures and I was still missing like three of them. It's got to be nostalgic though. You're like, man, yeah, once upon a time, this was the most important thing on all of Amazon for me. (laughs) And now I have to go dig the rest out of a box in the back room. (laughs) It'll be magical. Kind of will be just to kind of go back and write. Oh, this is fun. I remember this. Click, 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 click. Yeah. I still got to get the Puto Tira from that series. Someday. Someday. I'm I'm still missing him and Laterata. Yeah. That's uh, on my to-do list. Yeah, no, you want random? You want random? I had I had uh Gokaiger's Gao Lion under the tree. Alright. It pulled from everywhere. Like in a way, this is like the best Christmas I ever had, just because my entire family got together and decided to just go completely random. Like to be fair, most of the Christmas is practical. I'm just talking toy here. Yeah. Because, like, I, I'm like I'm currently, like, talking on a, a new microphone arm. There's a shock mount, a pop guard. You know, and, you know, I've got, you know, uh, streaming quality webcam, new lights, capture device for streaming. Like, they decided my, they basically my family collectively decided my equipment sucks. So let's I know just, the feeling. Well, it's just max a credit card, upgrading all of, all of the equipment. And I sit here and pretend like I'm a professional because my microphone hangs, you know, in front of my face rather than me hunched over a desk. You just got to come up with the new professional way. Like it's hanging all you know over your head right now. You got to like wall gotta be mount sideways, it. man. Yeah, wall mount like, that thing. Like, like gangsta gats you hold it sideways i I tried i tried figuring out how to get this thing to work sideways because i I, it feels weird because the shock mount is like this huge rigging thing i feel like like there's a ufo floating in my forehead right now shock mounts are so weird because like as someone who has one they are they are not always necessary but they sure look professional oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> it looks like I know what I'm doing now. Oh, that's cool. I uh, I got some equipment of my own to talk about in a bit. But yeah, I got a big red lion too. And again, yeah. lets me dig out an old toy I haven't touched in a while and remember, oh yeah, I really like playing with this thing, don't I? Yeah. I kind of have that with my Amazon wish list because my mom and my brother wanted to see it and uh, ended up getting a, a thing off of there that was like a thing that i didn't think was actually still on the wish list because i thought it was long out of print and uh i was like man i forgot how cool this thing is because i I just given up on it Mm -hmm. and uh it it was apparently you know there was a seller who had it when uh i think my mom saw it on the wish list and uh, i was yeah it was really cool i was like man i I thought this was a a thing i was just gonna 
be giving up on for the for the long run. I'll talk about it in a in a little bit. Oh, uh, I I can you know, the rest of, the rest of my stuff is like you know DVDs and just like little random miscellaneous things. So I'm but no salad tongs. No, maybe next year. Well, you have a week until next year. Start 2016 strong, okay? Salad tongs. There's views in salad tongs, okay? No, no one's accessed them yet. Oh, I know. They're sick mad YouTube views. Yeah, salad tong reviews. Um, well, the thing the thing I was talking about was the Sentinel T Rex Getter One, which uh, I, I got the Sentinel T Rex Black Getter a while ago. That was the thing that kind of introduced me and, and kind of reignited my love for Sentinel and T Rex as toy makers. And uh, so I got the Getter One version, which is the you know the white and red regular Getter with uh, the red Superman cape and two big machine guns. That's a gorgeous toy. It's it's lovely. It's uh, it's well made. And uh, I, I had kind of given up on tracking it down. So it was a super pleasant surprise. Um, I also uh, I got some other off topic stuff out shopping the other day on Boxing Day in the States, which meant no actual sales. I just found some cool stuff. But uh, I got two things on Christmas while I was over here. Uh, one of them's a toy. Um, so this is the start of a chain of things. Uh, back when Force Friday happened, I rather quickly got from the six inch black series. I got Kylo Ren. And I got two First Order Stormtroopers. And that was kind of like my little Star Wars crew. Uh, so thanks to both Crin and uh, Alby, uh, Daily Durian, uh, I now have, from Australia, a Black Series Captain Phasma, uh, who is a pretty cool toy. Uh, she is legit a completely different tooling than the Stormtroopers. I compared as many parts as I could. I don't, I, like, they don't even look like they are just blown up for size. Like, they are re-sculpted for proportion as well. Uh... She's pretty cool. Uh, her only major bummers are that her hips are kind of limited by all the stuff hanging off her belt. It's not quite as flexible as on the Stormtroopers. And her cape is not soft goods. And Kylo Ren's robes were such good soft goods, I was convinced Phasma was going to have just this awesome fabric cape. And it's just a PVC cape. It's It, it doesn't hinder her posability as much as I thought it would. Uh, it's just a bummer that it's not, it's not fabric. But uh, on the bright side, she has a really cool silver paint job, and her elbows work better than the Stormtroopers. Uh... And I do, I'm kind of happy that she's not vac metalized, but I know that is a a large discussion in the Star Wars fandom proper. Speaking for myself, if it's like a twenty dollar toy meant to show up at Walmart and Toys R Us, I'd rather there not be vac metal. Like if I'm gonna get something with vac metal, I want it to be a high end piece where the vac metal is well done and durable. Um, if Black Series tried to do vac metal, I can only imagine that it would not go super well. Uh, maybe I'm a bit of a Debbie Downer on that. I don't know. The other thing I got. That was legit Christmas times uh, was a new LED light. So I, I got an LED light a couple months ago and then uh, I kind of gotten on this terror of like, man, LED lights are great because they're not hot. Um, so I got this amazing this platinum uh, the company is called platinum. It's an LED video light with a hell of a lot of LEDs. I haven't even counted them a lot more than the big one I already have. Uh, it has a, an actual LCD display on the back, which tells me the battery readout and all, you know, what percentage light I'm at, what my color temperature is. And the amazing thing is this light has like alternating yellow and white LEDs, which means you can tweak the color temperature. You don't have to slot in a different diffusion filter to do that. You just can tweak it in the, the light itself. That is fantastic. It also has a remote control, so you can like switch it on and off to blind pets by hiding the thing around the corner. You know, cat comes around and goes like, what's this? turn on this huge horrifying light in its face I, I wouldn't do that um 
I also looked into the light a whole bunch trying to figure out how the different white and, and yellow LEDs work. And uh, I can confirm if you stare into a giant bright LED panel for a while, it actually does kind of hurt your eyes. So you probably shouldn't do it. But so many people told me not to that I had to say, you know, who are you to tell me what to do? And my eyes hurt a whole lot afterwards. It was very dumb. But I'm super excited about it because it, it also this LED panel has like it, it has a battery, but it can also take uh, a straight AC adapter right into it. So if I'm just working at a desk or something, I could just plug it into the wall and I don't have to worry about the battery running out while I'm filming. So I'm super jazzed. It, it also has like two joints on its armature. It also came with a stand that it can just slot into to just sit on a desk. Uh, this is part of my bright LED future. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, the only other thing I've got to really talk about is some spending I did the other day. Do either of you have any, any in input on LED lights? Um, do you think this sounds like a well-reviewed light? Like I, on your I own think YouTube you need channels? to stare into it more to find the true meaning of mm -hmm. the light. I, I've been doing it for a while. Uh, I took the diffusion filter out so I could just see each individual bulb so it would burn into my eyes as a bunch of dots rather than a big square. Right. It was quite a, an experience. Um, do either of you guys like Nintendo? Just I, a yes. wee bit? Like, like okay. stare, wee stare. bit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So I, I bought a right Nintendo now. toy. I bought a Nintendo toy. It's not an Amiibo. Sorry. Aw. I was I was at Toys R Us. You know World of Nintendo, that toy line where like most of the toys have a big upsell on the back saying four points of articulation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and how like so Samus Aaron and Link are the two toys in that line that are like actually kind of decently posable, and I've never seen them. I saw another one of those decently posable toys, and the line is inexpensive, and I was like, I want to know what an actual like an action figure from this line is like. So I picked up Fox McCloud from Star Fox. Um and he's real nice for, you know, for a, like, $10 toy. Uh, his little tail has its own dedicated hinge to wag up and down. Hmm. And that's kind of sweet. Um, his head is on a swivel. And if I had one nitpick on this toy for its price point, I wish his head was on a ball joint because that would have made this toy, like, so much more emotive. But he's got, like, universal pin disc shoulders, uh, like, you know, a ball jointed elbow or pin disc ball jointed elbow. So it can be a bicep swivel. Straight up swivel waist, hinge tail, just ball socket hips that can kind of go out a little bit. And then the same like setup on his knees as his elbows. So it's like, a, you know, a, a pin disc thing that can swivel sideways or bend as a hinge. And he's got ankle hinges as well. Uh, ankle tilts would have really helped because his ankle hinges mean you still have to kind of play with how he is to get him to stand straight on a surface. But he's pretty posable, uh, and his secret accessory. So his hands are molded as closed fists, and I was like, "Yo, Jack Specific or whatever, are you gonna sell me his like secret accessory is like a gun that he can't hold? Because that'd be pretty funny." But it's not. His secret accessory is just a tiny R wing, like a tiny R wing. <laughs> so I have this teeny tiny R wing. Um, it's neat. Like I like Star Fox. So and I don't think anyone's gonna do a posable Fox McCloud anytime soon. Uh, so unlike Link and, and Samus, where it's more of a novelty to pick those up, like this feels like a legit, like, this is a posable version of a character I like that probably won't happen again sometime soon. So I have no idea if Fox McCloud is really hard to find, unfortunately, because <laughs> World of Nintendo generally seems to have demented distribution. <clears throat> but he was uh, on the racks was like him and two Princess Peaches, and that was it. And Princess Peach looked like looked a whole lot more like Wario. 
where it's like, yo, check it out, her shoulders move. That's like pretty cool. Yeah, I have no interest in that, but cool. Um, and the rest of my buying was Star Wars stuff. Now, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I just, I, I just, for some reason, have been buying a lot of Star Wars lately. You could, I guess there's a new movie out or something. It's a slight wave of interest right now. So uh, I've been able to stay focused. All I want is a first order posse. So I got Kylo Ren, got my two stormtroopers, and I got Captain Phasma. Uh, I was at Toys R Us, and I saw the Toys R Us exclusive Snowtrooper Officer, the First Order Snowtrooper Officer. Picked him up. Um, I think the Snowtrooper is a better toy than the Stormtrooper. And it's kind of cool because I think the snow tro- the new Snowtrooper looks really neat. It's kind of a bummer because the Snowtroopers do a whole lot less than the Stormtroopers do in the new movie, is how I'm going to put it. Um but it's it's a I just think a more solid toy like the elbows bend better he can hold his gun better despite having a PVC skirt around his hips I feel like his hip posability isn't all that hindered by it um, it's a really sharp design um, so I was very impressed with him I'm, I'm probably gonna try to pick up a second one and then like give his shoulder pauldron to one of my stormtroopers so I can have a stormtrooper officer as well I'm not some kind of Star Wars nerd it's just like hey you know these are all variants that you know exist and I shouldn't Complete my squadron as as, you know, as as per usual, as you're supposed to. Uh, the other thing I got Star Wars-wise, I went to Target, and there's this two-pack at Target where you get uh, the Stormtrooper with the riot baton and shield. And he's packed in with Poe Dameron from the early part of the movie where Poe Dameron is wearing his brown jacket. And um, that Poe Dameron figure, I, I referred to him in an earlier podcast as Man in Brown Jacket. Uh, he is still that, but he's a very good action figure of a man in a brown jacket. And his head sculpt looks a lot more like Poe Dameron. Uh, he's, I don't know what I'm going to do with him, really. I like him as a toy. Um, I think, I, like, I also generally don't like buying Star Wars protagonists in orange flight suits, because I think they look dumb when they're not in an X-Wing. So, uh, I don't know. He's, he's neat. He's going to just kind of, I'm going to try to find him a football to throw around to harass Kylo Ren and General Hux in my display. Uh, he, he looks like he looks like the dude bro that hangs around and makes life difficult for the artsy types in the Star Wars universe. The riot trooper is just the single pack stormtrooper, but with a new baton and a new shield. He even comes with the two guns the single pack stormtrooper comes with. So he's in essence just a better release of the single pack. Uh, the shield and baton are okay. The way he's packaged means his hand is like the grip is stretched way too wide to properly hold the baton out of the package. So you got to do some you know, hot water, cold water treatment to re-tighten his grip a little bit. Um, but I, I like him. Uh, the baton doesn't do everything it could. Like, it's supposed to fold out, and it doesn't. It just can swivel around by the grip he's holding. So it doesn't have that extra swing-out part so he can get really mad and yell traitor and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a cool figure. I've, and I'm, I'm really liking the look of the First Order guys as six-inch figures. Like, they're all turning out really well. They are all turning out way better than a lot of the six-inch Star Wars stuff I have been spectating since since 2013. Um, I'm I'm blown away by, in my opinion, the quality up on this stuff. So I'm uh, I'm I'm really happy about it. And I've seen other characters who aren't in the first order, and I just don't feel like buying them. So I, I also feel kind of safe from the 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 greater aspect of Star Wars fever. I say this as someone who is quote unquote merely invested in the most horrifying troop building one could do in star wars which is stormtroopers but i'm not troop building now you know i'm just buying them here and there i got it under control that's how it starts yeah it's under control 
you know, I'm just going to get the second snowtrooper officer because I can give his pauldron to another stormtrooper who I should, you know, probably buy another one. So I have an officer guy as well. And, uh, and that way I'll also have a regular snowtrooper who doesn't have a pauldron. And then that way I only have to buy one of the regular stormtrooper without pauldron when that single pack releases more widely this available. This is going to be your Legion Viacon, isn't it? And then, you know, I only need one TIE fighter pilot because he's going to be the third wheel to Hux and <laughs> Kylo Ren. Um, but, you know, I need Hux as well. Then, you know, my first order is basically done aside from the flame trooper, uh, the flamethrower trooper. I need one of those. But, you know, then I'm pretty much done. You know, my Star Wars collection will be over. I uh, I heard that the TIE fighter is showing up in some targets for 50 bucks. Like, you know, the TIE fighter I'm talking about, the huge one, mm-hmm. the ungainly one. Some targets regionally have marked that down to 50 bucks. I can confirm that the targets here have not. So uh, that temptation went away very fast. But uh, I think that's about it for my off topic. What I got this. Oh, I got the other three acid rain guys. Almost forgot to mention that uh, Jack Argus and King. Uh, I've, I'm now up to date on Oritoy acid rain infantry. Uh, they are strong figures. Argus has a ghillie suit and is weird. But I've gotten used to it, and he's a pretty strong figure. Oh, and I got uh, TJ. I, I I don't know if you went in for this or not because you've been gliosing up all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got my stuff from the Gly Armor drop where I successfully completely missed that there had been Hades and Glow in the Dark Gly Armor because those were long gone by the time I got there. Fun. Like they were. Like I I I thought I I thought that it was just Stormtrooper and Vilser. And I was like, great, I got both Gly armors. Then I went to the thread, and I was like, oh, there were two other ones. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I got in on that drop early, so they're on my desk right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm figuring if I really end up wanting them, I'll just hang out in Glyos Connect and whine a bunch and try to find someone selling yeah. them. Yeah, I'm going um, to do that so I can have my Hades Sarvos, too. Yeah. I uh, I think that the Gly armor looks super cool. Like I haven't even really played with it much. I just took out I, I just really took out the stormtrooper one, um, and it's he's just he's nice. He's like the nice bulk of Skeleton, but cleaner. Yeah, and I really I really dig it. He make I, he makes sense in the universe. Whereas yeah. Skeleton seems like this fun little novelty thing. This feels like something has progressed. There is advancement here. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do some build times with it, possibly this, this coming week, because I ended up with one of everything Vilser, because uh, I changed my shipping from Canada to the States, and so I guess to make up the difference, I got one of all the Vilser things I didn't order. Nice. So now I've, I, I've got a little palette of Vilser um, to mess around with. And uh, yeah, it's, that's that's about it from what I got this week's. I Actually, I just going off that, I discovered a new type of tackle box that is stackable and like connectable stackable. Uh, that I am going to potentially be moving all my Glyos stuff into to finally organize it a bit. Yeah, I, and uh, I, that's exciting. Yeah, is it uh, Stanley Duramax or something? It's oh man, what are they called? Black, clear, and yellow. Yes. Yeah, I used that for Lego when I started sorting Lego, <laughs> and then it got nasty, and then it you know get yeah, I, anywhere yeah. there. But yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, yeah. I just got new bins for my Glyos too to sort out all the extra bits and bobs that get left over all all over the place. It's like, like what I figure is I gotta I'm gonna set aside one bin for character builds that I'm not gonna take apart anytime soon, mm-hmm. and then just start getting all the bits and pieces put in the tackle box. It's not even like figure parts, but just like the bits. Yeah. Um, especially the switch pins, because uh, right now it's just a mess. 
Yeah, for um, yeah, for me for me it's heads. Like I've I've got like a hundred heads stored away here. The thing I discovered when I first got into Glios is that in the in the long run, the thing you do with all the spare heads is just start giving them to people. Because otherwise you're never gonna get rid of them. <laughs> and you're just gonna have bins full of heads. Because every Glios figure comes with like two to four heads. Yeah, but I I always have use for spare heads lying around. You you say that now. Eventually, you know, you hit the head you hit the the head thresh the cranial threshold. The heads come to a head. Yes. I wasn't gonna be the one to say it, but yes. Had to be said. Ugh. Tastes bad. Uh anyway. <laughs> Uh, that's all we got this week. That's 2015. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and we'll we'll talk to you again in the new year. Uh, 2016 is going to be interesting. We're going to, you know, Combiner Wars, all those gift sets are going to come out. Titan's Return is going to hit. Uh, we're probably going to have some kind of new cartoon to at least see a trailer of. Um, the state of official conventions is certainly going to be interesting to observe. And... All that other stuff that happens when, uh, you know, you roll through the summer. That's that's now we're, we're clearing over one cusp and we're going on to that that uphill towards all them reveals starting in February. So hold on to your hats and stay tuned with some more WTFTFW in 2016. Thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me and have a happy new year when you do. I'm talking to you guys now, not the listener. No, thank listener you. Can, I, don't, I don't care, you know, whatever. Right. Have a happy new year or something deal with it. I hope you have a happy new year. Bye-bye. Put you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.